and bad rom-com in three, two, one. Hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast of the Galactic Heroes in the final four here. It's part three where we're watching Bride Wars, which, which I stand by my initial review of the first 30 seconds of the movie is an hour shorter than <laughs> Sex and the City ding. 2 or Ready Player One. <laughs> Or funny people, yeah. which means by default, it's the best movie because yeah. it ruins there's, the least of my life chronologically. <laughs> there's two fifths less to get angry at. Thank God. Amazing. And um, I think for the first time, I, I watched one of these bad movies and was like, simultaneously, you had too much empty space and not enough time. And I don't know how you managed it. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's how many wild. things are just like completely dropped or underdeveloped where it's like, wait, you actually should have spent a bit more time there. There's but then a lot you're of also like, nothing happened. You think about the film and you're like, did anything happen I in this film? I can't call a single yeah. event. You know what? You know what? I'm going to up front, up front, let's do a quick skeleton of what fucking actually happens in this movie so that we can, you know, go through it and like, you know, ride it a little more smooth and a little more casual. So two girls who are both wedding people and by wedding people, I mean like, Wedding, wedding people. people. You know how there's like, like horse people and there's like Disney people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. There's also yeah. wedding people, and that's mm -hmm. what these people are. I will say, are. from my from my experience of working multiple years as a bartender at weddings for uh, for a, a state university, uh, it, most of the time it's the parents who are the wedding people. From my <laughs> experience, but this is a movie about two brides who are both wedding people. Uh, then. They grow up, they're still best friends, they've been attached to the hip despite the fact that they fucking hate each other immediately, <laughs> like in the weirdest way. Yep. Uh, they go to get a wedding set up, a uh, whoopsie daisy happens, they both have, yeah, because they're both going to get married, oh no, the weddings happen on the same day, and instead, since they're both so fucking obsessed with having this location on this date, they end up trying awesome. to undercut each other and ruin the weddings, and they do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really miserable to behold and not fun to be part of. And then in the last like uh, five minutes, they try to make it up because they don't they want to make it ending. up and have Best someone leave her, her husband. And it's yeah, and she just—I guess she left her fiance rather. But it, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Chris Pratt. And, that's, and, and like, and, and like that's it. I cannot that's overstate it. like that's that it. short thing, that minute. That is literally everything that, that happens is the in this film. Plot. Yeah. Everything else is noise. Everything else is noise. It's fucking unreal yet, how much noise there is in this film. It's a relentless pace. Every scene goes into another scene, goes into another scene, goes into another scene. Just like montages, everything. Here's yeah, there's a, a ton of joke. montages and B-rolls. Like that fill, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes of this movie when they could have used that time to, you know, flesh out characters who show up, you know, miraculously at the Earn end for the Deus Ex Machina. They try to have at the end. They try to do like three or four like big character moment payoffs and all of them are just confusing. They just come yeah. out of nowhere. Like, and like it's I guess it's also probably important to mention that like this is not a romantic comedy. No. And you can argue about the comedy and I'm sure we will. <laughs> There's no romance in this movie. No. I got to be real here. There's uh, the two fiancés and then one of the uh, brides has a brother that I could not tell the three of them apart. They're Fair? just no, the same yes. character. They are the same generic white man. Mm -hmm. Yes, all, all three of them. One of them's Chris Pratt, so that it's That was like... the only one I could... Yeah, like yeah Chris I, could tell, I could tell Chris Pratt, but like the other two, I don't know, they're there. They're just there. Yeah. I don't even know what also, one of the actors is. Damn, I was primed to hate Chris Pratt. Right. And like, damn, he was the second most likable character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he gets 
such a raw deal. He really does. It's still a low bar. Like, there's not yeah. a lot oh, of yeah. oh, God, characters yeah. in this. You're, suppo- you're also not supposed to like Chris Pratt, <laughs> which is the one. Oh, yeah. Thing. But, uh, yeah. I, I guess we'll, uh, we'll get into some specifics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to, to not linger too much. We'll just. Much like the movie. Chat about oh no! Yeah. No worries. Take your time. Like we can, we're, if we go longer than the film, whatever. That's fine. It's that's still like going to be shorter than episode. the other two. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. So so the opening is actually just like a montage of uh, it's two little girls taking out wedding stuff from like a box, and there's a scrapbook, and they're they're playing around with the wedding stuff, and, and a woman narrates who. No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, sorry. It's just a generic song at the start. Like cake toppers. We get a photo of La oh, Plaza. Hmm. And then we get the narration from Caddis uh, Bergen, who is a character we meet in about 15 minutes' time. Really weird to do that. That's a weird choice to have your narrator be like someone we actually see in the film. Way later. Um, so it's a ter- another montage of still shots. These of- still shots are ridiculous. It looks like a video game cutscene. Yes. Like I, I've been playing uh, Everspace Two, and it has You're these cutscenes right. where, like, oh my god, they're like painted backgrounds, but they kind of have like a little bit of parallax going, and like the mm-hmm. main characters are popped mm-hmm. forward a bit, and they change positions every once in a while, you know, when they're emphasizing, you know, sentences or whatever. It looks like that. It, it looks like, like a, bad a diorama, basically. Yeah. Also, the weirdest thing for me is the wedding planner, who is the narrator that yeah. we'll meet her later. Um, in retrospect, she's just not important in this movie. No, no, <laughs> she's, she's also way better than the she's narration bad at her job implies. And she's not important to no. the film, even a little. Yeah, like they present her like she's gonna be like a wise sage or something, and then she does nothing <laughs> but like cause a big problem and yeah. then be kind of a bit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, kind of basically. Cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So yeah, at the, by the way, I have put the plaza in capital letters every time my in my oh. notes because. They talk about the plaza as if it's like this holy site. It's wonderful. Like the hotel in New York, for the record. Yes, it's just, am, am it's just I, a hotel. Am I incorrect? Am I correct in saying that like the plaza is the place where the Sex in the City movie was filming that wedding too? Because it looked like the same building. I may be I wrong. I think but. it was actually the Sex in the City wedding was uh, the public library. Oh, it was. Oh, yes, yeah, it was you're the library. right. right. Yeah. I, I just remember that there but was I mean, like a B-roll like shot from like the air from and it showed like Central Park and there was that building there yeah. and it looked like it. It's just another New York location. Yeah, it's just a building in New York. But anyway, in the past there was a wedding that happened there in June and two young girls were watching it and uh, from watching that they are now obsessed with having their weddings uh, specifically in June specifically at the plaza. And that's like the whole plot. Um, yeah, that's the whole plot. There's another little scene with the two little girls, but it, it, they're just dancing, pretending to have a wedding. It doesn't really matter. Uh, we now cut to the present day. They're 26 now. Um, so the two women are Liv, played by Kate Hudson, and Emma, played by Anne Hathaway. Um, they're at the wedding of another friend of theirs uh, with their boyfriend. So Liv's boyfriend is Daniel, who actor I do not recognize, so doesn't matter. Your notes are such a good summary of Daniel here, which it just says, <laughs> Serene's notes say, uh, are at the wedding of another friend with, and like for the record, it's Liv, 
and then in parentheses Kate Hudson and Emma in parentheses Anne Hathaway and then we get to Daniel and it just says in parentheses someone with the question mark it's just and a guy like, I could not agree more about a character and actor than and Chris Pratt someone <laughs> and Chris yeah. Pratt and yes. Chris Pratt yeah, not Chris in parentheses because name. who cares what his name is he's Chris Pratt his name isn't important he's just Chris Pratt and he's here to get beat up and made fun of for an hour yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I actually don't know who the actor is that plays Daniel it, do, it really doesn't matter though but he looks yeah. kind of like Taylor Lautner, but like less. And uh, and yeah, Chris Pratt, who is uh, Emma's boyfriend. I believe he's called Fletcher. But uh, anyway, they're at this wedding and they're wearing matching dresses. By the way, which is a weird thing to do at a wedding. A weird, weird thing to do at a wedding. But they also show themselves to just be awful because they go, "Oh yeah, the music's great, the decor is lovely, look at all those flowers," but. It's not June and it's not the plaza, so wedding sucks. Which and they clink their glasses together because you can tell what good friends they are. Which is so shallow. You immediately hate these two ladies because they're the shallowest people in the world. Yeah, and don't worry if you start, start if you think you're starting off on the wrong foot with these characters. I can I I can tell you wholeheartedly no you're starting off on the right foot you're supposed to hate them you're yes. gonna hate them you're never gonna stop hating them they never become good <laughs> no so the, the boyfriend's come up to dance but uh Liv won't let her boyfriend take the lead because she always likes to lead which is the star of the boyfriend being just the most whipped guy in the world really the perfect boyfriend I don't he know never if he's whipped or if he's just apathetic because like a lot of the movie he just doesn't care like in, he yeah. should later on in the movie they're like there's parts where he should like confront Liv and be like hey you, you we need to talk about stuff but like he just you know whatever just no go he's with the it. perfect man he's indulging her supportive no matter what that's <laughs> so like it's I guess it's probably worth mentioning now Kate Hudson is a producer on this film and I was, like, I was gonna mention that at the uh, another moment, but you okay. yeah, can mention it now. <laughs> but it is just like when you see it like that. Basically, all the things that we're about to learn about her make a, about Liv, her character, who is totally not her, make a lot of sense. <laughs> anyway, they're about to go dancing, but the bride, uh, who is one of the film's writers, uh, goes on the stage, and all the ladies gather around. And yeah, that's this is when I noticed that Liv and Emma are wearing matching dresses because the bride points it out. Like, oh, look, look how good friends She's they are. She's also super are. drunk wearing, for some yeah, reason. They're wearing the same dress. Well, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that. I thought, well, I, I think she was specifically calling it out as like, isn't that a dress you wore back in high school or mm. something to mm. like an event? And it, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like the whole call out. And, she's, and then like her defense of her friend is like, if you find something that a dress that works, wear it into the ground, and then the bride to be is like, "Oh, that's so sweet, friends sticking up for each other." And it's like supposed to be a moment endearing you to their friendship, I think, and like saying like they stand up for each other no matter what. But it like doesn't come off that way at all. No, no, it's just really weird. I mean, she throws the bouquet and it still shots right before the catch, and Candace comes back in being like. Oh, you know, if I'd seen this, I'd have seen the warning signs. Look at them, they look like predators. How would you like uh, Anne Hathaway's hand clasped around your throat? And it's, it's bullshit. It just looks like a <laughs> really normal still shot of, of of women looking at a bouquet at a wedding. Yeah, when you're still shotting like an action shot of people doing things in the middle, it's, it's always going to look weird. I mean, yeah. that's just how it is. No, but. no, no. They, they, look te- they look like they're going to be awful people. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> We never do get to see who catches the bouquet, by the way. We Not just, important. We who cares? Cut. 
<laughs> just, just uh, if if you ever think this movie is going to show you anything, it's going to immediately cut to something else. So, sorry, that's just the movie. It's got things Holy to do, shit, people to right. see. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't even realize they do that all the time. Don't yeah, they, they do, do that? Like, we do. Oh my god! Sometimes yeah. it's a punchline. So Rat lives work, and uh, she is a high-powered lawyer. Uh, being given a case and there's all these uh, old white men in the boardroom who are so impressed by how awesome and wonderful she is and give her the case and she'll do an excellent job and this is what I was going to mention that she was an executive producer yes uh. <laughs> hmm. also the way they do it too is like they have one of the one of the old white dudes be like well, are you sure you're going to do it? And she's like, well, we aren't going to settle. You know, like basically had her kind of like stand up to his bullshit. And then they were like, good, you stood Ooh. up to my bullshit. You pass. And that's good. I got it's bad. Because <laughs> I'm a criminal who has done many crimes and you're going to defend me. It's kind of yeah. what it's saying. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you immediately don't believe it because there's no way any of these guys would give her the time of day as a lawyer. Like, mm. that's just how, how law is. But, you know, we'll put that aside for now. Uh, we cut to Emma. She's a teacher at a... You don't really get to see what school, but I assume a public school. And she's trying to hide from another teacher who is an actress that's been in a lot of things I've watched. I, so I know. I've seen her before right and off. I forgot Kristen her name. something or other. It's Kristen something. But, yeah, she's in a lot of a lot of things. Uh, better things I've watched. Uh, but she is... She's normally wine aunt, but in here she's terrible person. So she's like, Emma, well, she becomes well, wine aunt later, but yeah, she does become, True. She does become <laughs> wine aunt later, I guess. And she's like making Emma do all her work, and Emma is a complete pushover and will not say no or anything. And, and it's like so overwrought and like yeah. comedic and like clownery. Like, again, I, I guess I get this is where they thought they were doing a dark comedy, but again, like the thing about a dark comedy is like. It's observing people in, you know, bad or, you know, uncomfortable situations or something. But it does need to, like, cause a laugh at some yeah, point. Yeah, it, it and needs this to have is jokes. Just, <laughs> yeah, this is just watching Anne Hathaway get browbeaten by a really insufferable woman yep. into just, yep. like, doing all of her shit for her. It just, hey, like, can you take debate it, it, it's club? It's just watching abuse. Like, it's not fun. And <laughs> sit down cool. on detention for me and cover one of my classes. And Anne Hathaway is like, mm, okay. No, but then she does and it. it. Just, and like, then... Yeah, it's so overwrought, too. It's like, yeah, and do this, and do this. And and Hathaway's like, oh, well, I already do these 12 other things, and you could do it. I already do everything. It's like, yep. God, you wouldn't write a character this, like, insufferably weak for, like, a children's cartoon to make a point. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. But then later, her and Liv are walking, and they, they start bitching about that t-shirt because Emma uh, is quite happy to do that behind someone's back, but saying no to someone's face is... Not possible. You're supposed to really understand that Emma is completely spineless. Just just utterly spineless. Cannot say no to anyone. Uh, so they end up at Liv's place. Uh, <laughs> this is a scene that's just kind of trying to build up how perfect their friendship is, how much they love each other. Uh, Liv gives her this expensive blouse that is way out of a teacher's budget, but, you know, because Emma's the poor pity friend, so... Got, uh, I, I found this scene stuff. really weird. I mean, first off, like, I don't know if people just go to other people's houses and try on clothes and then just have magical gifts for clothes, which look like lingerie. But the whole <laughs> thing about you brought up the budget aspect, like, there are questions I have much later about how a lot of this shit is financed on a teacher's public teacher's salary. Yeah. Basically, none of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm assuming that it's her parents because they later show the parents show up, but it's... 
It says like she's been saving for her wedding since she was 16, which 10 years of a teacher's budget is not enough for the kind of wedding she ends you're, up you're with. You'd be saving but... to pay off your student loan bills for the yes. of time. Especially yeah. on a teacher's salary. But like the big thing you definitely get is that Liv buys Emma a lot of stuff and it's it's definitely weird. You have the rich and the poor friend and you're kind of always like, well, I'm, I hate the rich friend because they kind of suck. Always. Yeah, that'll be a problem we really get into later. Anyway, while looking yeah. through the closet, they find a ring box. Uh, cute squealing. Uh, oh, so much girly screaming. Excuse me, it's not a ring box. It's a Tiffany's branded a t- ring box. Yeah, sorry, they do yes, specifically. Yes, yes. I, didn't, I didn't get a Tiffany's ring. Where's my <laughs> Tiffany's ring? <laughs> Vera Wang, Tiffany's. Oh, God, there's so many brand drops in this movie. Yes. You're not mm-hmm. going to believe it. Yes, so, so many. But the music swells. Oh, they found a ring and Liv runs away with the box. Emma chases her and they fall on the couch. Oh, it's so girly. Um... Of course, Emma wrestles the, the ring box away and is like, no, no, you've got to let him actually propose to you, you idiot. Like, pretend you didn't yeah, find he, it. Don't tell anyone what deserves to seeing. Yeah, he deserves to see your reaction to getting proposed to and seeing the ring for the... Like, you already ruined it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't fully ruin it. Yeah. yeah. I, made, I made the joke that this is where the guy just hides its weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was ready for that to be the setup. That it, like, that was an ear. Yeah, jumping the gun here. After yeah. after watching so much 90 Day Fiance, uh, there was one dude who basically proposed to a girl, but then was like, oh, it's a promise ring that we'll stay together for a bit. And I'll think about marriage. <laughs> oh, God. I was, like, I was like hoping it was going to be one of those situations. I would have lost my shit. Yeah. <laughs> but then they, we cut to night. They're at a bar and she immediately screams to the two girlfriends there. I'm engaged. And they scream back and... I, this is the intro of the girlfriend posse that they have. So, like, the two of them yes. have, like, this collection of, I don't know, like, 12 or so friends that, like, show up throughout the movie. These friends are not friends. They're people no. that just show up at the same engagement as they. Because, like, if they were yes. truly friends, they would not let their friends do some of the shit that happens in this movie. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so they they drink, they toast, they're, like, joking that Liv will be the, you know, worst bridezilla ever. And it's like, yeah, foreshadowing. Uh, Liv's brother shows up. Hey, white guy number get, three. Get the st- uh, stopwatch out. Time how long <laughs> he's in this movie. But anyway. Oh, God. It's uh, like two minutes, maybe. Yes. Maximum. Yeah, he's in like three scenes. Anyway, uh, Liv now suddenly gets very, very sad and walks outside. And Emma goes outside with her. And it turns out she's sad because her parents are dead. She's sad because she's Batman. Yeah, she has to get this out of the way that her parents will not be able to see her at the wedding. And, and they can't come to the wedding. And then she has a line where she's like, oh, it's okay. Us former uh, chubby girls are made of steel. And I, I lost it here because we've actually seen the both of them as young girls in like two or three different time periods. And none of the young actresses were fat. None of them were even like... Hollywood chubby, frankly. No, no. And, yeah. and I know exactly where this is going. The fat you jokes are coming in for Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. who is yeah. so skinny. And so I'm just like... They make uh, a couple fat jokes here and like they never land because, well, one, uh, they're bad. But two, like it doesn't show them having to deal with any of the fallout of being, you know, apparently overweight in their youth. It's like, because they're beautiful, both of these actresses. Yes, yes. So it's like... It's, it's Kate Hudson yeah. and Anne Hathaway. Like, yeah. But you couldn't even, like, get a fat girl for one of the young girls? Like, no. Nope. (laughs) No, no, couldn't even do that. Also, I gotta give a shout-out. The bar that they're at here is called Zygomates, which is a great name for a bar. (laughs) Wonder if it's gone out of business by now. Probably. 
So uh, Emma goes home to Chris Pratt, opens him a beer. Uh, they're watching American Idol on the couch. You can see Simon Cowell in the mirror, which I found very funny. Uh, and they're just kind of flirting over their Chinese and fortune cookies. Um, Emma opens yeah. up her cookie. Well, she, wa- turns- she, she wants to open up one cookie, and there's a joke yes. here where like uh, Chris Pratt's like, no, 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 the other one. <laughs> I was actually hoping she would kind of like bite into the cookie instead of just breaking <laughs> it and just like bust her teeth. But quiz, yes, Chris Pratt has put a uh, an engagement ring in the cookie, and I was like, oh, ring. <laughs> and so he has a little thing about how you know he loves being with her, and if in nine years you're still sitting at home, chilling in front of the couch, you know he would love that, and he wants to marry her. And this was very it's a very key, sweet scene, very yeah. cute, and. He, it like, totally is ruined later, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is supposed to be yeah, a bad thing. Yes, foreshadowing. Yes. Well, the thing is, too, is, like, the way he says it isn't, like, this is what I want to be doing forever. It is, like, explicitly, if, if. we end up stuck and, like, if nothing else happens and this is what we end up with, like, we never go past here, mm-hmm. I could still be happy that way. Yeah. Which probably- is not the same as saying, I never want to change. Yeah. I only want things to be exactly as they are right now, which is what later on the film will try Claim to pretend he says. Exactly. <laughs> like, this first intro scene of Chris Pat's character, like, he's a, he seems like a cool guy. Like, he's, you know, yeah. very chill. They're having a cool He's a little time. chill. He's yeah. maybe a little too relaxed about the whole proposing thing, but, like, he's, he's all right. He's a nice guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's just a nice, chill uh, proposal. Uh, so Emma, of course, immediately calls Liv and that she's engaged, and they immediately talk about the ring. They ask about like color. Oh God! Carrot, it gets super size. like vapid here about you know yes. is it is it super nice? Is it cool? Like if the ring like he could have given her like a Cracker Jack box ring or something. Like it's you know the whole idea of. You, you have to have this gold ring with, you know, diamonds on it. And but it, it is worth so noting carrots. that he did, in fact, get her basically the perfect ring The ring for she her. wanted. So like, he does, yeah. he's attentive enough that he knew exactly what she wanted in a ring and got her it, which is mm, no, kind of a high bar. No, he doesn't care about her. No. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like, this scene, like, just maybe pissed off because, like, they didn't care about the actual no. act of the proposal itself, no. the fact that he no. wanted to marry it's her. The, it's the fact that he yeah. did get the, the correct thing. Or, yeah. Didn't, didn't ask like, her how he proposed or like, are you what happy? He said. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. They first go to how expensive is the ring? Yeah. Which is ugh. so it's just Great. like you just you just hate these characters so much. So then she calls the other friends and uh, uh, cute comedy. One of them starts downing pills. Uh, one of them takes a carton of ice cream out to eat. Uh, the one that yeah. married at the start of the film is uh, in bed, like immediately boxes up this ugly lamp to to send her and then stares dismissively at her husband sleeping beside her. It's kind of dark, the one woman who just immediately goes into her fucking cabinet and grabs, like, a bottle of pills. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. And again, this is one of those moments of, like, they were trying to do a dark comedy on occasion. It just... Especially now that everything else has been so ABC family yep. up, you know, it's just been Hallmark to Hell and Back. It, it's so out of place. It really it's is. So weird. It just it's comes so across weird. as really mean spirited towards women, not towards women, yeah. like the wedding industry or people's expectations on women or awful women, just women. Girls be taking pills and eating Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> Like, yeah, like if it was just the ice cream thing, it already would have been like a bit poor taste. But having her react to like, oh, you're getting, oh, all my friends are getting married, but I'm not. Time to take a bunch of pills. Like, fuck that. Fuck that, man. Holy shit. Like, it, the film doesn't have the comedic chops to pull off no. that dark joke. No. At all. no. 
Yeah, like the jokes themselves are also just like they don't have oh, the timing right. They don't have like the the actors didn't real aren't really able to sell it or whatever. It just it just goes straight by, and you're like, did that happen? It's bottom shelf whiskey in a dirty glass. Like it's yeah. attempts at like cheap laughs where just nothing works, and it's all fucked up, and the delivery's terrible. Yeah, yep. it's awful. So Emma and Liv are out running the next day, and Emma invites her to go to Marion St. Clair, the wedding planner extraordinaire. Uh, Liv is, just gets a look in her face. She's clearly mad that Emma is getting married at the plaza first. So in probably, God, I don't even want to say it's the most unhinged thing she does in the film, but it's close. <laughs> it's up there. She's so angry that her boyfriend hasn't proposed yet. She storms into his work office during the workday and demands that he marry her in front of all his work colleagues. Did he propose to yes. her? Not even... She doesn't propose to him. She demands yes, that she you demand, propose. Yes, that you propose it, to me. She's like, I found the ring. Propose, idiot. Like it's. It, it should be noted that she went immediately from jogging with her friend up into this, you know, like a thirtieth story in this office building. Yes. She she is so jealous that she could not stand the thought that her best friend would be getting married at the plaza first. That she goes and like does this. And but she's she's okay. She's great. Oh, so he is, of course, fucking embarrassed. He's just standing there like, oh my God, why is she like, and she's like, oh, oh, is it not, is it not a ring in the box? It isn't, it's not a ring. Oh no, it's like an earring. But, and he's like, Liv, you are the most obnoxious, terrible, awful, amazing, gorgeous woman. And if you just waited, I would have proposed to you tonight. And it's like, no. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> I mean, he took Run. it, I guess, as best as he could have. The fact that his crazy ex showed up. I mean, they probably should have talked about it. But <laughs> if he was planning to do it anyway, this is probably the time to get it out of the way. Because if he said no and like did it later, it just wouldn't have been better. Oh, I, yeah. I, I can't see any way that that would have worked out better in the long run. I mean, the correct, the way he could have handled that, that would have been better is maybe just been like, we're breaking it off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. this, don't, don't do this. Don't. Do, no, it's just like, I I also hate the fact that he's like, he has, like, I can't remember the exact words. I'm not just one of them, but there were two other awful words he used to describe her. And I'm like, if you were able to say that completely straight face that the, the person you were marrying is awful and obnoxious, why are you marrying them? I don't care how smart and, and gorgeous they are. If they are the most... He does not sell the turn at all. It's just like, I I can't imagine describing my husband as the most obnoxious person I've ever met. Like, why would I marry someone I thought sucked? Yeah, it's like, (laughs) the idea I think is supposed to be like, they're, you know, accepting her even with her faults, but it just comes off as like, no, you're an awful person. I'll deal yeah. with it. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. The milky is not, good. Like, yeah. How did you lead with how awful she is? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the reality. It's just like, hi, I'm a doormat. Yeah, sure, whatever. Biggest storm in the world. Yeah. There's also this, like, really weird offhand line from a co-worker watching me and like, oh, I'm glad it's bring your hot girlfriend to work day. And it's just really weird. Yeah, I'm was, glad we left that one in the cut. Yeah, like, there's some one interaction, like, earlier when she busts into the room and she's like, why haven't you married me? There's, like, his coworker or whatever sitting there is like, I'll marry you. And it's, like, this, like, middle-aged fat guy who's kind of chubby, you know, weird-looking. And then it but, almost like, works. It almost I works. I wouldn't marry but... her. If someone, like, 
came in the office, it's like, I know I wouldn't say yes to that kind of proposal. It, I'd just be like, she's it, crazy. It, I mean, it is Kate Hudson, yeah, like, though. If it had, also, <laughs> if it had been delivered like as a joke by the guy, it would have worked, but it doesn't come off that no, way either. It comes off as like as weird, creepy. confused desperation and creepy. Yeah. I would marry her. Did you know she's yeah. a producer? <laughs> God. God, yeah, God, right, okay, everything, yeah. Everything wow. makes more sense as soon as you, like, just frame it like that. Yep. Yeah, why did we have an extra scene about how everybody wants to fuck Kate Hudson? Oh. <laughs> Word. I mean, I it mean, works for Adam Sandler. Yeah, I guess so, right? Basically. Oh, I got my pee-pee out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at least there's no one telling the boys to get their dicks out in this film. <laughs> <laughs> At least. Uh, so they're both off to Marion together because, uh, again, they cannot do anything apart. They do. Not only are they attached at the hip, but everything else they go to. They're going to wedding planners together for separate weddings. like Which is what's going to make like what happens after this really stupid. So they got bridal magazines and they're super excited. The receptionist gives zero fucks, which I appreciated because absolutely. Why would she care about your two weddings? Shut up. Yeah, well, it's the fact that like they both come in, and they're super happy and super overdressed. Like we're both getting married, and the wedding planner's like, "Yeah, that's great." Uh, like <laughs> you're here. That's yes. all she sees, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she'll be fangirl when they're in it, Mary. I'm like, "Oh, you're so great," and she's like, "Sit down, shop." I mean, okay, real talk again. This is coming from someone who worked a ton of weddings. Wedding planners will absolutely play up how excited they are for your wedding yes. all the time. Because yes. that's, I mean, that's, oh, part, of the, she's that's part of the gig, right? Is like trying to sell it and yeah, trying to sell it. Like she's the like secretary, so she wouldn't. But like the literally, they try to tell you, like even the secretary, even the servers, <laughs> even, you know, Everyone. everything. Like you have to be positive and excited around the wedding or else, you know, it, basically if someone feels like a vibe is off, then that could just ruin a contract, right? So yeah. like, they, I get I get their weirdness at the secretary just being like, yeah, cool. <laughs> but it is somehow, some way, this movie thinks this is foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It totally does. Uh, I mean, again, another hint of the dark comedy that they end up just forgetting is that Marion immediately starts off with a speech of, you're dead. You're dead until you get married, which is why my receptionist is dead forever. And like She's going to die dead. You're dead. You're dead, dead till you're now. Dead. Do you get it? And they're like, we so get it. And then she immediately just starts being like, okay, you want June weddings at the plaza? I'll get you June weddings at the plaza. It's like, oh, uh, we're going to talk about the whole dead thing? They're, they're trying really hard to make her a weird, quirky character who's way too into the concept of weddings, but like... It doesn't Have you seen the land. main characters? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> she, land yeah, at it, all. Like, real talk, it comes off that she's less into weddings than they are. Yes. <laughs> In, like, a really bizarre way. Like, they are way more into weddings than she is. <laughs> like, which, given it's her business and... God, I was so excited when they introduced this character and they sat down because I was like, yes, they're going to have a weird wedding sage. And then she started saying some stuff about how you were dead till now. Mm -hmm. You're dead. Mm -hmm. You're still dead. And I was like, yes, weird wedding sage. Yes, weird wedding sage. And then they just drop it entirely. Yeah, she, and she's just, yeah, she she's disappears just a regular like another, wedding planner. For like the next half hour plus, it, she disappears. Yep. It really is that hint of the satire of the wedding industry that like peeks out every so often and be like, hey, I was originally a, a satire. And then, oh, wait, I got drowned in Hallmark shit. And then it goes. 
Uh, anyway, there, so they want weddings at Plaza in June. She's like, oh, there are three openings, two on the 6th, one on the 27th. What could this so, be going? Uh, Liv's like, okay, I'll take 6th. And Emma's like, oh, I'll take the 27th then. And it's like, brilliant, great. I'm sure there'll be no shit happening right here. There's some sexist shit about, do you want to consult the grooms? I'm like, no. As if you would ever consult a man on your wedding. It's about the bride, you know. It's the bride's wedding. The- the groom's just got to show up in a tux on the day. There's, like, nothing really else they do. Exactly. Well, the thing yeah. is, they show, the later on, the groom's, like, trying to be involved with the wedding yes. and stuff. So this scene, in retrospect, even more comes off, like, you'll fuck you, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. you. They, like, they you're yelling suck. at him for not being involved when you did everything in your power to make sure he wasn't involved. Yep. Yeah, yes. no, actually, retroactive, fuck you, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and on the way out, they tell the other girl coming in about the June sixth opening, and I'm sure this will not bite them in the ass. And well, this is yeah, I think specifically they say like there is one opening left in June, and she says, "Oh, thank you so much," and goes in because as if everyone wants take the their wedding at the, in the plaza, plaza in June. June. Yeah, yeah. It was the, supposed to be this thing that's about them, but then it turns into this thing that like everyone knows about the plaza in June. You didn't also, really get married if you didn't get married at the plaza in June. There's one uh, funny scene here. The, um, the wise wedding sage gives them the contracts or whatever they do it. The high power lawyer does not look over any of this like three, four pages Never. of paperwork. She just signs just immediately. Signs it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably going to bite her in the ass later. <laughs> yes. And the thing that bothered me is we learned, of course, that the wedding is just three and a half months away. And this is where that's, I, that's I absurd. lost it. I had to delete most of my notes on this because I just lost it. Because like... <laughs> We've been yeah. married. We're married. Mm-hmm. We got married in a relatively short mm-hmm. span of time because I was a 90-day fiancé. Hi, everyone. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> our, <laughs> our, our wedding planning took place over five months, I want to say. Yeah, if that. About that. Oh. And uh, it was a very chill wedding. We did manage to get an outdoor venue. It was um, pretty nice. I was there. Yeah, you were there. Mm-hmm. And 60 people... And that they're apparently having a fancy as fuck wedding at the plaza in three months. It's, yeah, it's not complete happening. absurdity. It's also, th- uh, is it just me or is them at first when they were like obsessed with the plaza in June, I didn't fully parse that it was like this huge piece of public architecture. I assumed it was just like a place they both were at when they were kids yes, or it something. It is like a famous it, New York hotel. And yeah, and I didn't know that, so I was like, okay, well, they want to have this wedding at a cute little place, mm-hmm. and then, like, yeah, Marion's like, oh, yeah, we don't have a ton of slots left. The next time you can book that is three years out, and I was like, oh, this must not be a little place, and then <laughs> when they get there, it just, it, I lost all sense of endearment for it. Like, is it yeah. just me, or is having your, build, your like, wedding at a huge famous building or hotel or whatever in New York is, like, the least it's like the most basic thing you can do yes. like it is the least oh, yeah. interesting thing yeah. as far as like personal stakes in it and if you want to have me identify with the character there is nothing more bland and more main character of sex in the city ass that you can do <laughs> exactly it is yeah just like yes. a generic building wedding yeah yes. like and yeah like and this isn't me throwing shade at anyone who did do that that's cool i'm happy for you but when you're trying to write a character in a movie who i'm supposed to have an emotional attachment to probably not the best play probably doesn't work they, great they try to play it off as like this happened in their youth so they have some weird fixation on it but yeah like it just comes to me like just go fucking upstate go up the Hudson Valley or something yeah, and have a yes, wedding up there you know it's like your venue but like it's 
it's just like this obsession is so weird and also this famous place has three openings in three months like time yeah I, what, what cancel there on that because like that was a cancellation because i'm assuming a venue like that is booked years in advance that, that was yeah, three yeah. separate cancellations yeah it must have been i mean the other thing that bothers me is the scene right after their wedding dress hunting and i went wedding dress hunting you know when i went wedding dress hunting for my july wedding november the year before and that was pushing it because I moved to America a month before that and they were like yeah it's like four to five months for making the dress and then you have like two or three things like they're three months out before the wedding and they're hunting for wedding dresses that no 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 every site ever tells you six months it, minimum if this wasn't a movie they would be asking about weddings happening either next year or the year after it yes mm. but it is just this where they had that really contrived. shitty montage because I think yes. after they left, okay, yeah, because there was like a really bad like composite montage that looked like it should be in a PowerPoint slide deck. Yes, yeah, I, I missed that one. But yeah, yeah, anyway, so they're, they're wedding dress hunting, never mind. Uh, Emma's going to use her mom's dress, but oh, they're, so, they're such beautiful dresses. She's such I a pushover I that she wants it. to wear a dress to make her mom happy. Yes, my mom would love it if I wore her dress and... They're both in love with the same hideous uh, Vera Wang dress. Yeah, it's real bad looking. Uh, uh, Liv puts it on and ends up getting it. And uh, the lady there who, again, I, I have been wedding dress shopping. The ladies there are all very, very nice to you because they really want to sell you <laughs> a, a dress that's yeah, worth at least four dollars, figures. Mine, mine was $1,500 yeah. and it was pretty cheap. Like, Yeah. But instead, she's like, be careful about your pre-wedding, right? Because you don't alter Vera Wang. You alter yourself to fit Vera. And they, like, they treat this like a fucking... Gospel? Yeah. Oh, so, like, I, I saw an article of, about one of the writers, actually a couple of the writers of this movie, and they said this line was supposed to be satire. You weren't supposed to like <laughs> Did take it come this off, seriously it? it does not at all and there's a well, no, they, they make later. a plot point out of it yes. and it becomes like a important crux that is true and real to the film like, yes. they, they made it real which undoes the fact that it's a joke yes <laughs> yeah it, it, so it is supposed to be like oh yeah we're like wedding people are over top about the weddings i was talking about vera wang and it's just a dress man but it doesn't come across the thing that kills me about this too is just like, oh, it, I lost my train of thought. I just got <laughs> real mad and confused and lost my train of thought. Sorry. It's just, this is bad. It's bad. It's, it's very bad. I, I guess it's one of those things where it feels like no one involved in this film actually has ever like taken part no, in a wedding, which sounds never. impossible. I, yeah. I, again, I was watching something like, I, I had a wedding. None of this is like accurate. Real. <laughs> There were five writers, four of which were rim women. Are Wait, there none were five of you writers married? on this? Yes, there are five oh, writers. Oh, that makes total sense now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> four women, one man. And yeah, it's just like... Somehow, it's like horrible to women and knows nothing about weddings. And I know you have to compress it because it's a film, but it still is... It, oh, it's so bad. Anyway. But yeah, like a, a question. It's impossible to have a suspension of disbelief in yes. this film. Like we haven't even gotten to the point yet where it becomes unbelievable, in yes. my opinion. But, like, this film is just so not grounded in any reality. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So, <laughs> sorry, really, like, I do know, and I mentioned, like, wedding people do get to the point where they almost treat it, like, as religion. Because, I mean, it makes sense, right? If, you like, your entire life is building up to a single day that you have the date of, if anything goes wrong, you essentially have ruined your entire life. If 
you are that into wedding stuff. If you're that insane. And like, yeah, and the thing is, like, again, if they were trying to do it as a joke, the problem is everyone in the film repeats it as if it's gospel. Yep. <laughs> like, every time. It really, it leans into the weird wedding worship thing this film does, and it it gets weird. It's it. never lambasted. If you really wanted the Vera Wang line to become across as a satire, you had to have later on have it be altered. You know, like you, you yes. don't alter Vera Wang, you alter yourself. Later on, you needed a line where it's like, "Oh, I had the dress taken out a little." You need bit. to have like, a setup for the punchline. Yeah. yeah, or Liz is like, yeah, or, or like she's like losing her shit about it about the fact that it doesn't fit, and then Mary and the wedding planner goes in and is just like, "Honey, it'll take a." 10 minutes to fix it be quiet (laughs) relax it's fine like this is no problem like then it would have been a thing but they never do that no (laughs) there's no payoff ever so uh, a question for serene as the person Mm -hmm. here well hopefully the person here who has only bought a wedding dress yes um Uh do you get champagne when you're when you're shopping for those uh i don't go i didn't go anywhere near as uh high brow as lived i didn't go anywhere near vera wang for a start because i'd love to say like I, I want to get some drinks when I'm going shopping for a tuxedo. Come on. Yeah, honestly, I imagine that some really fancy places in New York, you probably do yeah, get probably champagne. They're, I mean, the bridal places I went to, I went to two of them, were like very, very nice to me. So, so the question is yeah. then, like, if they go back several days and you're like, I'm not quite sure if I want this dress, do you just get free <laughs> champagne go. every time? <laughs> I feel like nice. they're trained to find those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kick them out. They probably do. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about booze, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine. The next thing that happens is there's a is phone the call. There's a phone call from Marion. Oh, there's been a, an awful mistake. Your wedding's going to be scheduled on the same day. No. It's time for Miss Highpowered Lawyer to sue the wedding planner, uh, if only. Uh, she Which, just she should she have the contract. <laughs> she completely forgets that she's a lawyer at all times in this film. <laughs> like. Anyway, they're getting married on they the get, same day. They're getting day. married on the same day. Then they're, and they're like, oh, well, uh, she's like, I've got another date, uh, June 15th. And she's like, oh, I'll take that in three years' time. And it's like, uh, that makes no so, sense. So here's where me and my roommates started screaming, just have a double wedding. Just your have friends, a double wedding, yes. Yeah, you're both There's friends. An easy solution. You both want this venue. You all, you're, you share, like, as the same group of friends anyway, so make it convenient yes. for them. It's the obvious solution. They're attached at the hip at all times. There would be no conflict, which, of course... Uh, Apparently, both of the grooms are friends with each other. They show in a later yes. scene. Yeah. So yes. why they just not double wedding? It makes perfect sense. Well, we'll yeah. find out why they can't have a double wedding in, in another couple of scenes, and I'm sure the reason... Oh, is it because they're, they're all bad people? Yeah, yeah, it's because it's it's they're all bad yes. people. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that. It's that. Of course, so one of them's gonna have to change the venue, but of course, neither one of them wants to change the venue. They're obsessed with the plaza, so they're like, "Okay, we'll go negotiate." The other lady, Marion's like, "No, no, I'm not gonna breach contract and tell you who it was." So they ambush the fire receptionist, who's the one that accidentally. Yeah, this put them poor on the lady day, has like a box walking out of this place because she's obviously been fired and is clearing out her desk, and they fucking ambush her outside. It's saying, yeah. like, hey, you got to tell us where, what this woman is, you know, the one that got the 27th or whatever the last day was. Our protagonists. Yeah. <laughs> they I suck. mean, if you didn't hate these characters before, you should hate them now, is what yeah. I'm saying. Get ready. Oh, Get yeah. ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they immediately go out and stalk and ambush this lady, who is another one of the film's writers, by the way. Oh, um, really? She wrote herself yes. in the film? Yes, yep. she sure did. Uh, they harass her repeatedly, some comedy ensues but she's stubborn and she won't give up the date and after a couple of scenes of stupidness uh they they have to give up yeah it should be noted that this woman this third woman is at like a bloomingdale's i think it is later on and she's like doing wedding planning shopping 
and like they just cause this huge scene where they eventually try to tackle her for whatever reason. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, you give us the date, and like it's one of those things where if it wasn't for the fact that these weddings are theoretically three months out, I could maybe see it. But like, yeah, no, she's right. Like she's not going to give up an extra, what three weeks of planning time. Right. <laughs> it's four months out. Yep. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so they're walking outside and they're like, Oh, we, you know, we want each other at our wedding. So one of us is going to have to change the date or venues. And so Emma's like, I've been saving up for a decade. They immediately start guilt tripping. And yeah. Liv pulls the dead parents card. It's like, my parents are dead. The plaza is one of my few childhood memories that are, are my good childhood memories. And I'm like, wow, your childhood fucking sucked then, didn't it? A random wedding I went to. So Emma has to give up because, again, you can't argue against the dead parent card, right? Liv pulls, like, uses her dead parents as a bludgeon, and it's really weird. Once again, Liv's the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. That's the this, thing. This is the scene where you start to see the relationship strain as it hasn't, well, the relationship starts straining here. And, like, this is the part where they start, like, putting it that they have, like, ulterior motives to saying, oh, I'll just do mine later. Yep. It's, mm, and they're horrible. But just also, like, again, Kate Hudson is more horrible. Personalities this extreme that clash with each, with each other are used in, like, old school comedy. Like, mm-hmm. that's how, like, abs- like out of control this is of, like, Emma being the ultimate doormat and Liv being yeah. the ultimate too much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, <sighs> so, anyway, they're like, until one of us, until we decide, you know, none of, neither of us should lock anything in. There's some comedy music playing because, uh, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, we're back home with Liv, uh, her boyfriend, and her brother. Her boyfriend and her brother are playing Liv's Halo. Brother. Oh, Hell yeah, they're playing Halo. Halo 3. Halo 3. Yeah. <laughs> it's real dope. She's pacing. We learn that we learn that Liv's boyfriend is a hedge fund asshole. Oh shit! I just want everyone to know I did actually pause this movie and scream Master Chief, even though I was watching it alone. I just still I was like, woo! I, I gotta give a shout. Chief, let's go! I gotta give shout outs to the two uh, male actors in the scene. Instead of doing the normal video game movie thing where they have the controller straight in front of their face and they're mashing buttons, they actually look like they're playing Halo here. Yes, yeah. they are. They are playing Halo in this. Chris Pratt knows how to play Halo. Yeah, so we're also at the same time, uh, Emma's... Well, actually, it's a different time. It's a little bit later, but... Um, so Liv's boyfriend's like, why don't we have a double wedding? And Liv's like, what are we, 40-year-old twin sisters from Alabama? And I'm like, what? And that's their entire justification. Yeah, for sure. justification for it. Uh, later we cut to uh, Emma and her boyfriend. And her boyfriend, uh, in, in another, like, I think kind of genuinely funny moment from a satire that could have been uh, Emma's boyfriend is doing Liv's brother's taxes while Emma's talking about wedding stuff, which is like this just tiny little visual gag that I just like didn't find out loud funny, but was just like, oh, there's the hint of what could have been here. You know, the boyfriend He's very boring. He's he's doing taxes instead of listening to her. That's kind of kind of funny. The scene was funny for two reasons. First off, if you do have a friend who's a CPA, that's a great asset. Never like piss off that person because having a personal <laughs> CPA is great. But the second thing is like he has this shoebox just filled with loose receipts, which is like the worst thing you could do to a <laughs> CPA. You are making your CPA's life hell. Yeah. Anyway, so Chris Pratt's like, why don't we have a double wedding? And Emma's justification is. That they've shared everything else their whole life, so she wants just this one thing to herself. It's like the writers knew that that was the logical solution to all yes. the problems, but yes, they had they to had make to it get a movie. Out of the way. Yeah, 
It's and it's just like you wore matching dresses to a wedding. You went to the wedding planner together. You do literally. Yeah. You jog in the morning together. You do everything Look, together. The conflict, the conflict of this film would make more sense if they both wanted to have their wedding at the same time at two different locations. Because yeah. then at least there could be a conflict. Yes. Yes. It's but, all yeah. Not thinking about it, like having the the. the fucking uh brother there doing the taxes and this scene is really funny thinking of what happens in the future <laughs> yes absolutely so yeah. emma's like being a doormat once again i'm gonna give up on my dream of the plaza because Liv deserves it more and pull the dead karen card uh and of course neither of the groom's opinions matter here like they're never asked if they want a june wedding at the plaza they they don't doesn't they matter yeah, they don't this, matter this is one of the things i'm confused about like it never really shows that the boyfriends just don't care or if they just want the their fiancés to be happy and so they let them do what they want like there's no indication yeah, which no. way it is they're well, not we, characters it's not, not characters. important they are props they didn't do anything and uh I'm very glad my groom did a lot of the wedding planning for me. Uh, so Liv is uh, going over wedding invites. The boyfriend is impatient, doesn't care, tells me to send to save the dates. And here I also lost my shit because they're three months out. You don't yeah, send to save dates. the dates. That, that's way, like, how are you supposed to get airline tickets in three months? Like, you just yeah. you just send invitations, and you also, if you're three months out, you acknowledge that some people are not going to be able to come. That's how it happened with us. We're just like, we just sent the invitations because we were four months out, you know? Yep. Anyway, uh, boyfriend gets a call from Chris Pratt, who's at home. Uh, they bitch over the phone about the girls, you know, being all weird. Uh, Emma arrives home. Um, she's going to call Liv as they're getting a... Joint wedding shower from their friends. But the wedding isn't okay. But the wedding, you can't have a double wedding, but we can have a joint wedding shower. I was really confused on that scene. Just like all their friends were there with like a bunch of gifts behind them, but like these two are already going at each other's throats because of this shit. Yeah. And it like joint becomes wedding shower. more, and, and it kind of feels more and more like the whole weird pity poor friend situation, like kind of like rears its head more and more yep. over the course of this. Yes. It's, yeah. It definitely feels like an awful lot. Like she like Liv likes having someone she can like pour gifts on and get their undying gratitude. It's it's very especially because Liv is already planning her wedding, despite the fact they said they wouldn't do that. And yeah. now Emma knows. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. I, I think Chris Pratt lets it slip. Yeah, he was saying like they were looking at the invitations when she walks in the door, coming home or whatever, and now she's like really pissed over because they you know yeah said they weren't gonna do that. And, and Chris Pratt says some stuff about Liv sucks. And I'm like, yeah, she sure does. Um, so Emma starts sending a very time for written email to everyone else, all their friends, to preempt her, saying she's getting married on June 6th. Chris Pratt kind of goes like, hey, don't do that. But very like, hey. Hey, come on. And hey, come for the on record, now. when... When Serene says typo written, she means me texting when I cannot stand up. I'm so Yeah, drunk. this is like, like five is or six level. drinks in email. Like, emergency, this is not spam. <laughs> not like, multiple, spam. Yeah, this is not spam. <laughs> I'm getting married. <laughs> so, yeah, we see some reaction shots of the friends who are like, oh, typo written email. What, what's this about? And the friend at the beginning, or the wedding at the beginning of the film, is already extremely disillusioned about her own marriage. Um, Fuck you, dude. It's like, well, it's been a month. I don't even think it's even been a month. Calm, calm down. Which, again, like, 
they just do this with no establishment behind it. There's no. no reason we would be led to believe this might be the case of their relationship. And there's no like reversed expectations that makes it funny. Like there's well, not, see, we don't think they're going to be perfect together because we don't know who they are. See, <laughs> Ty, they didn't have their wedding at the plaza. Matt ruined it. Matt ruined their wedding. It ruined oh, their marriage. You're right. It ruined their whole it marriage. <laughs> it wasn't in June and it wasn't on the plot. Yeah, again, it, having it be this oh my god, yeah, you're right because if they if we're presuming it's like the wedding itself ruined their marriage. This was supposed to be like a like a send-up of the wedding industry, right? Because it actually yeah. seems like it's just if you don't do the wedding industry stuff, you will be miserable afterwards, which is not a send-up. That's propaganda. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, so the friends tell Liv about the tacky save the date email as Emma walks into the joint wedding shower. Yeah, it should be noted that uh, she did not send the uh, email. Like the one person no, she did not send, send the email to. Liv, to Liv, yes. yeah. But she's about to find out, so it doesn't matter. So, yeah. so they fight about Liv being extremely bossy and controlling. Uh, Liv ends up being really personal and shitty. Where Emma is like. Hey, why were you, like, um, just assuming I was going to give up the wedding day and, like, getting invitations out? And Liv starts talking about how Emma's spineless and always settles. And it's like, why are you getting personal here? <laughs> you're getting very personal, Liv. And then there's this line where, like, Liv is like, Emma, you're always saying, Emma's like, are you talking about, you know, Chris Pratt? And, and Liv's like, oh, I didn't say that. You did. But it's like, what else would you be talking about when you talk about settling? That you're always talking about the dudes. So Liv is just being the fucking worst. I got to say, if you're settling for Chris Pratt. Right? <laughs> is that a, is that the worst thing you can do? Right? right? <laughs> very ni- he's been nothing but nice to her. And he'll continue to be nothing but nice to her throughout mm. this whole film, which is wild. Yep. Um, but he shouldn't. if you're nice to if you're nice to Emma, it's bad. But if you're nice to Kate Hudson, that's good. Yes, that's uh, good. <laughs> uh, so Liv tries to get Emma, to, you know, move the date, but she says no. They posture at each other. I'm almost entirely on Emma's side, although she sucks because Liv is just like the worst person. This is a no-win situation. Liv, sucks. <laughs> there are no good sides here, but like Liv's so terrible. It's anyway, funny too we're because. About- they have this huge fight in front of the group of like the 12, 15 of their friends. Yeah, just in there. we're and the, all just the, sitting there. Yeah, the friends are all giving like the eye rolls like this is the worst possible thing, you know, looks. But it's like you people, if you're your friends, you should defuse this situation somehow. But they don't want to take sides because no, they're all spineless they, too. There's a line about how to have to find new maids of honors, but all of their friends are staying out of it. Smartly. None of them are taking sides. They're all just staying way out of this. So it's like, mm. There's a throwaway line that Liv apparently slept with one of her family members' boyfriends, uh, which was a really weird throwaway line. <laughs> She's like, what? W- why? Why is this in the film? Why? Did you make me, did you really need me to hate Liv more? Also, now that Begun the Bride Wars have, um, the next, <laughs> it. the next 45 minutes of this film are basically nothing happens except for pranks. Yep. And it's just pranks. And, uh, people getting drunk. Mm-hmm. I also do note that she is trying to find a new mate. She's calling up all her, they're calling her, both calling up family members trying to find a new mate of honor. And Liv is doing this during work hours at work. I guess she's so high powered that nobody cares. Listen, haven't you like spent, I don't know, a good 80% of your work at home time just doing absolutely nothing related to your job? Yeah, not, just not in the office though. <laughs> <laughs> not where someone can see you. She even ropes in her work assistant. Yeah, be. she eventually gets, I guess, her secretary? I, I don't yeah. know what the relationship, but like her underling yeah. is the maid of honor for her, which yeah. is 
Very funny. Um, Emma asks the awful teacher. So wait, did, did, by the way, did we mention that like they allegedly have another friend group, <laughs> like of friends who are allegedly friends? Because I, I guess they're supposed to be doing like the far off, far flung stuff, and they end up with just these shitheads. Yeah. It, anyway, so. Thinking about it now, like she brings in her, uh, I guess, secretary, we'll just call him the secretary, to be the maid of honor. And like she's like, you got to do, you're getting a promotion. And he's like, do I get a pay increase? And she's like, no, 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 it's just a title. <laughs> so like she's making this guy do extracurricular, like out of office hours shit for yep. her and not yep. paying him anymore. Yeah, I would just tell him to fuck honor, herself. Is what she, she says. It's an honor, which <laughs> no, it isn't. It's work. <laughs> That's not the same. Also, this guy I did occasionally uh, get confused with Liz's brother as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he also is like a white guy. Although he's gay, so oh, no, actually he's no, not. he's not. Mm, not yeah. Yeah, no, he, uh, yeah, he looks a bit like different, though. He doesn't look as attractive as the other three. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's just more like the way they tag in and out these dudes with no yes. establishment. Yeah, and none of them have any personality worth anything. Yup. Yup. Anyway, so yeah, Emma asked the awful teacher, and the awful teacher's like, yes, if I could pick my own dress, and Emma's still a complete spineless idiot. Uh, we cut to Emma at the wedding planners, uh, doing wedding planning, and the new maid of honor is getting drunk. She is wine-adding this up, just downing whole bottles She is, stuff. like, three bottles in, by the way. If you look yes. at the desk when she's, like, uh, th- there's a table where there's, like, three or four wine bottles that are all half-drank <laughs> just sitting there. It's great. So, uh, Emma's getting told that the DJ she wanted to hire, uh, is no longer booked because someone, someone else outbid her and throughout this whole scene the whole next couple of scenes of the wedding planning no grooms are to be found not anywhere they're not at the wedding planning by at the way all. the dj's name is dj humble it sure is <laughs> dj humble dj humble and it is just like the groom would be at the wedding wait. planning oh wait 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 no i have a question wait mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. i have a qu- yep. wait i have a question okay so their obsession with the plaza and a wedding in june is a shared experience they had when they were kids, right? Yes. They were mm-hmm. both at a wedding, and they both loved the wedding a lot. And that's where all their weird hangups and obsessions with this one place and this one time are, and the things going nearby. Yep. How old is DJ Humble? <laughs> is DJ Humble in his like seventies now. Like, what's going DJ on? <laughs> yeah, like was DJ Humble at the la- at the first wedding? Am I to believe this? Because that's what the movie implies. In which case, yo, this dude's still still slapping them decks. Get it going. The seventy year old Humble. Yeah, seventy year old bring his phonographs out there. <laughs> his phonograph of the thong song and final. <laughs> It's like close uh, KBS. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, Emma and the new maid of honor quickly put together that Liv stole the DJ because you know it's Duh. a vindictive, petty thing to do, and of course she has money, so she's able to you know outbid yeah. Emma. So the new maid of honor is like, "Hey, didn't Liv used to be fat, and isn't she wearing an unalterable Vera Wang?" And so they they hatch a plan. Time Ooh. to do a prank on women. Uh, we cut to live at also the wedding planners, I guess at a different time, and she's now trying to steal Emma's cake. The wedding planner starts stirring shit up. Uh, said that Emma. Uh, How can you steal a cake? Like, uh, basically, I guess ordering the same cake so you can't have the same cake. Ah, you know. can order the same. I hate this at restaurants when people just don't order the same dish because someone else has it. Just, just order weird. two of them. Who cares? 
Who cares? It's fine. But uh, so like the wedding planner's like, oh yeah, Emma said she's going for she's going for a lower key cake than uh, Liv's seven tier extravaganza because uh, she doesn't need to show off her wealth. They're basically saying that Emma said that Liv's a snooty rich bitch. So much for client. Mm. Pri- yeah, privacy. Privilege. Yeah. Uh, Liv is now really upset that Emma called her a snooty rich bitch, and I'm like, "Well, stop being a snooty rich bitch, then." I I don't know. What? What? <laughs> Call no. a spade here. <laughs> whoa, right? whoa, whoa! Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> so yeah, this is when I realized that Liv co-opted her work assistant because he's there at the wedding planners. Oh yeah. And he must hate her. Uh, yeah, no groom here either. I, I gotta um, say, like, the whole confidentiality thing of the wedding planner, like, this wedding planner has, like, no ethics at all. And it's surprising no, that everybody holds none. her in such high regard because I guess, like, Yelp wasn't around yet, so no one could just say how much of a shitty job she's she doing. Yes. also just leaves the planning books out out in the open because yeah. Liv finds Emma's and starts shitting, and they're now at her work on a treadmill, and they're shitting on her for getting dancing lessons and doing a wedding montage video. Like, how cliche is that? And it's, like, gross. Yeah, like, it's shown earlier that the wedding planner has a, like, laptop in front of her when she's yeah. setting up all these dates. But, like, in this scene with uh, Liv in her, um, or sorry, it's was it physical, Emma? yeah. Yeah, there's, like, like physical binders. And it's, like, why would you just leave those where anybody could just look at them? Which she does. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Liv has been sent chocolate anonymously. Thinks it's from uh, Daniel. Starts, starts chowing down while on the treadmill. As the delivery guy goes outside, Emma comes up to him and is like, oh, I... Are you sure you've delivered it? You, you, you can't go get them back? No, no, because because uh, Walms love chocolate, you see. Can't can't resist chocolate. That's the joke. She's going to make her fat, but it's still Kate Hudson. I, I like to say in this scene, the DHL logo was prominently displayed for more than two minutes. Yeah, it's a bit weird, sure yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> I think also the chocolates have like logos and shit on them as well, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, the work assistant uh, is now getting in on this, and he's suggesting how to sabotage the dance lessons. Ooh. I want to say, I was wrong when I said there were only like two characters in this movie I was cool with, and it was the boyfriends. I was wrong. This guy's pretty funny, too. <laughs> yeah, I like, he's fine. Uh, yeah, I'll allow from, it. From his perspective, if I consider it, if I was in his position where uh, an overbearing boss who I had to listen to to, like, stay alive and pay rent and shit uh, pulled this on me, and then I saw she was starting to snap and do some wild stuff, I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's see how far yeah. this goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll help. I'll help, I'll yeah, help you right. sabotage your friend and also yourself. It'd be great. And yeah. also yourself and your career, and then maybe I get promoted. Cool. So this yeah. whole next scene doesn't matter even slightly. No, Chris Pratt and Emma are going to dancing lessons, and Chris Pratt is not happy about it. But Emma's like, waltzes are complicated. And I'm like, are they? No. They're no. one of the easier dances. Right? Especially I mean, if you're trying to show up your friend, like do a tango or a salsa or something. Right? Why, why waltz? Waltzing? Waltzing. Oh, it's fucking 18th century. You're, you're, you're not a Kaylee. You don't have to learn fancy country dancing. It's also funny because it shows that Emma, like, she's like stretching and shit. Like, she knows ballet. Yeah. Like, it's really obvious she's like good in the dance. So, why a waltz? Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, dance instructor comes in. There's a shitty montage of them doing wacky lame dancing. And then they're passed out on the floor. It's, the real it's not just a shitty in. montage, it's a sped up shitty montage. Yes. So, yes. we're getting yes. into the straight ABC family bullshit here. Yes. yes. Absolutely. They're, they're passed out on the floor. The real instructor came, comes in and says, I got your voicemail, like pushing the lesson back. Did you guys come here and warm up? Doesn't Chris Pratt do the worm here? Yes, he yes. does. He does during the scene. Okay. Yeah, like it's like again so over the top that like 
any reasonable human being in that situation, if they were there to get lessons for a dance and a this wild guy comes in and says, do the worm, they'd be like, okay, we're going to find someone else now. Yeah. yeah. Right? You'd be <laughs> like, like are, oh, wait, are, this is a wedding <laughs> we're dancing to. We don't want this. Doesn't matter. Uh, so they're walking and, home. Chris Pratt is annoyed well, as shit. Yeah, yeah. Basically just saying like, yeah, oh, that, wow, your friend is a huge bitch. Your friend <laughs> yeah. is a huge Again, bitch. Which, yeah. Like, Not wrong. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And then he makes a comment about, uh, the, you know, the other boyfriend, Daniel. Because remember, the boyfriends are apparently chill with each other and yeah. are just yeah. like cool with this. Yeah, he says like, I'm like, sorry for wow. Daniel. That he has to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. Wow, our, our fiancés are going fucking ape shit. Yeah, and just was like, man, I'm going to have to call Daniel and see if he can maybe rein in Liz a little bit. And that makes... And we're like super pissed off, which yeah. I just, I don't get how, like, God, she's not a doormat. She's a doormat with a complex. It's yeah. bad. This I is- mean, the thing about it is you're supposed to hate him because it's like, oh, control the woman, you know, control the strong, independent woman, gross. But it's like, no, Daniel should absolutely be telling Liv to yes. cut it the fuck out. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's being wild as fuck. Yes. Yeah, like, the calling some like that's a thing that like if it was done as a prank on a friend it would be like haha he he but like doing this as like an act of vengeance it's like wicked man it's like wicked out of control this is where i wondered if the two uh boyfriends know what the prisoner's dilemma is because i I feel like if they went to each other i'd be like let's just both get out of this they could get away with it but, like, if one of them leaves and the other doesn't, that one that stays is screwed. Yes. Yeah, That's the good ending of the movie. Yes, that's only if you found all together, 12 yeah. crystals. Yeah. Is that, yeah, the boys <laughs> run away. And, and that's an aside. In the beginning, when that showed the two little kids, like, in the first, like, scene of the movie, like, one of them was dressed up as, like, a groom because they were doing the whole, like, play pretend wedding thing. I mm-hmm. thought, like, yep. maybe if this was a more progressive film, film nowadays, like, the two girls would get together at the end because it seemed like it had that whole, like, lesbian vibe thing going on. You would think, but also but, Kate Hudson wouldn't be a lesbian. No. I mean, to be fair, I did do that with a couple of friends. When I was younger, I believe I was the groom both times, which is kind of funny. I mean, for what it's worth, you're also not the introduction to a film. No, I'm not the introduction to a film. Yeah, yeah. you're a real human being, which is a different context, I would say. (laughs) I do think one of the girls who did that with me did come out uh, later on in life. So There you go. There's a compliment to you. Uh, Anyway, there's another uh, slideshow montage with more narration. They're looking at, like, rings or something, like, through a window. Yes, th- this is actually a real place in New York. This is where we've we been, got our been, rings. Yes. Uh, not the exact place we got our rings as we went, but it was, it was the street. It's an entire block yes. in New York of, like, basically Diamond Avenue. Yeah. The um, Jewel District, yeah. So they're, they're getting their wedding rings. Um, and so the narration from the wedding planner lady is, like, the month before the wedding's the litmus test, blah, 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 the healthy glow, the happy glow is over. And some couples, you know, like, exposes their fundamental conflicts, and it shows shots of Emma and Chris Pratt. Uh, I don't know, sort of... Looking kind of bored. Looking kind of, yeah, looking kind of bored. Um, uh, but other lucky couples get closer together and we get shots of Liv with her boyfriend and he is all over her at the wedding shop and at, at, the, at the ring place. And I'm like, dude, you're in public. Don't do that. Don't, don't, if this is don't a litmus test, like you should be seeing the strain here in this relationship. You're like right. for both of them. It's like yes, they're both getting really insane. Yup. Yeah. Like, but not- no, Liv has the perfect marriage. Hmm. 
Uh, so we cut to live at work, but more food has packaged in newspaper. It's a wedding announcement for back home, and Emma has given them an ugly picture of Liv. In revenge, she goes out for a meal with another friend and tells them that Emma's pregnant. More bitchy, this, bitchy uh, stuff. The friend here is the stupidest person on the planet, by the way. Yes. <gasps> She's yeah. preggers. Yeah, like she, like Liv gives this kind of like insinuation that like she can't get a fancy yeah, dress like, or something. Well, I think... Yeah, no, she was like, I think the reason they couldn't move the date of the wedding is they need to do it before. Well, you know, like that was kind of the idea. Like yeah. she was trying to, yeah, insinuate. And then, yeah, the friend is just immediately like, oh, she got button oven, button oven, button oven. <laughs> Stands up, starts jumping on the table. You clipped the Discord there, but I understand what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Interior inhabitant acquired. <laughs> <laughs> the mere hint of a baby sends women into a frenzy. <laughs> baby frenzy. Uh, uh, meanwhile. And meanwhile, oh no, Liv can't fit in her Vera Wang because she what? gained five pounds. What? what? She didn't. What? How is this ever foreshadowed? <laughs> Did you know that this was going to happen? I was completely shocked. I mean, Liv's been eating all of that food. Yeah, and then it's like, oh no. And then the boyfriend's like, well, just just take it out. She's like, you don't. And she repeats the line about Vera, you know, not altering Vera Wang. And the groom at one point goes, hey, it's our wedding. Which like, is just completely lost on her. Delusional. You didn't even get to go to the wedding planning, sir. What about this is our wedding? And, like, she says a really dumb line where, yeah, about the Vera Wangs. You don't let Vera Wang. What do boys learn in school? Like, uh. Huh? Huh? Wedding people. Wedding people. She she also (laughs) goes and blames the uh, boyfriend here, I think, for sending her all the gifts, right? Yes, this is how she finds out. So she's like, why did you send me all that food? And she, then, you did this. It's your fault. Babe, why would I send you. Sticks, sticks, of, sticks butter. of butter. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah this, this is, the, is the part that made me this laugh. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so, yeah, they have a discussion about, like, all the things she got sent. And she's, like, listing off, like, oh, cookie of the month club. He's like, nah, I didn't do that. What about the hee-haw bagel basket? The truffle nah, that also was not. <laughs> yeah, what about the truffleopolis package? And then just, what? <laughs> and uh, the one that they, they, like, run through all of this. And um, they then, like, transition to the other room, and they're, like, talking through it a little bit. And then he kind of, like, takes a second and goes, wait, wait, did you say butters across the world month? You've actually been sitting around eating sticks of butter from dis- different lands? The International <laughs> like, Butter was Club like, was the line. The International yes. Butter Club, that's what it was. And he, <laughs> But his exact response is, Wait, so you've actually been sitting around eating sticks of butter from different lands? And, like, looks at her in the most confused way. That's um, the one good delivery in, like, the whole film. And then the thing is, Kate Hudson, to her credit, is also very funny here and just looks back and gives a grin of, like, a toddler that just broke in and ate a stick of butter. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, she just gives this little shitty grin like, yeah, I ate the butter. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just too confused to laugh at this. I was like, the, the what? No, because I'm writing notes and I just hear the International Butter Club and I'm like, what? Someone's obviously never had <laughs> butter from Mumbai. Yeah, right. yes. 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 There is. It's just, it's just like 
in the middle of all these normal things and then just he's like wait international butter club you just eat the butter on its own what do you what it's ridiculous <laughs> enough that it's actually kind of funny yes, which it's, none it's, of the rest it's, of it's the film does again another hint of that like kind of dark comedy yeah, that gets like smothered. every yeah like list a bunch of normal items and sneak a weird one in the middle and have the character not realize the weird one until like half a scene later. Yeah. Classic bit. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Kind of lands. And then there's more movie, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> there's... Go like, All right. Hour and 10 minute build up to International Butter Club. Case closed. Yeah, we go from a good <laughs> Butter Club joke to basically what turns into like a Looney Tunes bit. Yeah. Yes. Two I mean, Looney Tunes bits in a row. Yeah. One more part of that scene that annoyed me was that she realizes it was Emma that did it. And when she does, she screams in his face. And he's like, ugh. But he never goes like, don't scream in my face. Which is what you do when someone screams in your face, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. She she needed to do it. Like, like if, if Vickers screamed in my face about what, not even related to me, like at someone else, <laughs> but in my face, I'd be like, what are you screaming in my face for? Don't scream in my face. But her fiancé is just the most passive man in the world. He just takes it. She must have had a good yeah, reason. Like, <laughs> like, he doesn't even say, like, whoa, 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 indoor voice. Come on, come on. Like, yeah, it's like nothing. nothing. It's just, like, I like when you're loud. In Maybe me, he was just, like, still confused about the International Butter Club. Like, it just <laughs> didn't process to him. The Butter Club's going to stick with him. <laughs> so, stick uh, with him. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, so retaliation. Uh, Liv sneaks uh, into the uh, salon where tanning Emma's getting salon. a tanning salon, where Emma's getting a tan. Changes it to like burnt orange because that's a color. She you can changes do. it to Trump orange. Yes. yes, and we get a, a scene of Liv walking down the street, and she's completely orange. She's being made fun of at school. Uh, she has a line where she talks about how Chris Pratt has been like really nice to her about it, saying how she still looks really nice. And I'm like, again, Chris Pratt has been nothing. But nice yeah. to her throughout Break the Break up with them. Fuck them. Uh, so, you know, once again, uh, you know, tit for tat. Emma sneaks into the hair salon and sabotages Liz's hair color to be blue. And she freaks the hell out. This is also dumb, though, because she was supposed to just be getting low lights. But now her entire hair is blue, which is not how low lights work. But Don't worry So they it. swapped it out for, like... Like, he was mixing some colors together, and he swapped it out. But also, like, as soon as you see those colors on, like, any kind of material or stick, you would be like, oh, that's blue. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like it's stop. completely impossible to see until it touches hair. I feel yeah. bad for the hairdresser guy, because the hairdresser guy seems real cool and everything. And then, like, he fucks up big time, and he's super apologetic about it. It's like, well, you fucked over this guy. He's going to get fired. Yep. So, uh, Liv, uh, goes home, grabs a CD from her closet for retaliation, and, um, sure that won't be awful. Uh, Emma then comes home, and there's a shit ton of baby stuff everywhere. Chris Pratt's like, hey, is there something you didn't tell me? Uh, It's actually a kind of funny joke there, where he's like, uh, do we need to talk? Uh, we're registered at Babies R Us, and he's still like kind of being really nice, despite again this complete inconvenience this being a for him. Situation, and yeah. yeah, like a nightmare situation of finding out that your fiance is pregnant like this. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, right? Uh, it's yeah. just like he he he's clearly annoyed, but also like like I mean, 
all this stuff is affecting him too, which again really goes to the, the fact that Emma sucks too. She doesn't even once consider how much this war is affecting her fiance. He's not important. Leave him. And it should be noted, like, she comes in from uh, work or whatever, wherever the fuck she, I guess sabotaging the hair was where she was at. Yeah. She, co- she comes in, trips over this baby stuff. Her boyfriend asks her about this. And then she gets a phone call from her, like, associated friends saying that they're at a bachelorette party. And she immediately goes out the door to it. Yep, she crashes it. And also, get ready for, like, the most unnecessary scene in the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this totally could be cut. She- this is the scene that straight up made me go, but who is this for? This is for the guys, apparently, that have to go fucking... With yeah, the-, the ones that are dragged by women to go see rom-coms. That, that's what the scene's for. I guess, but it's... No, I know, I know. It's not it's that sexy. Lot, it's, not watched, sexy. It's, it's not sexy. It's, it's not. not- it's not. But I've watched a lot of rom-coms and they often do have well, a scene for the exactly guys. like this. That's, yeah, here's a little something for the men who are forced to watch this. Yeah. As okay, so they go to a male strip club or male whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some guys on the stage during this entire scene. The scene goes on for like five minutes or so. It and really you know, They're like Chippendale dancer, you know, kind of, you know, mostly naked. These guys look so fucking bored, which is the most perfect thing because this is exactly what happens during this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look bored as shit. Yeah, Emma crashes the party, steals the stripper. The DJ is loving it. And DJ's like, I've been hired by the first bride, but this second bride seems awesome. So I'm going to back her. The DJ is like, you know, there's a bride in the audience or a future bride in the audience. So she gets on stage and then Emma or Liv gets, Liv is at the bar by herself with like a weird hat on. And she gets up on the like bar stool and starts screaming, there's two brides in here. And instead of getting kicked out of the club, which is exactly what would happen in this scenario, she's also brought on the stage with this like hot cop stripper and they do a dance off. It's the most insane Uh, thing. More or less the DJ is like, time to have a rap battle. (laughs) But it's, it's not, it's two very Problematic women. Yeah, several minutes long. <laughs> Emma also dances <clears throat> real close to that strip, and if I was Chris Pratt, I would be a bit fucking annoyed. It's at fine. How he much does. She he's not there. Yeah, Chris Pratt's at home trying to figure out what to do with like three thousand dollars of baby shit. I yeah. Know. Yes. Uh, so Liv loses the dance off at her own bachelorette party and is getting fucking plastered. Uh, yeah, she takes like four shots in a row, which is a great idea. Mm. Yeah, she wakes up extremely hungover, completely late to this big work meeting for this client we saw at the start of the film. Uh, walks in, everyone's staring at her blue hair, and she's like, oh no, I over, I overslept, I was gonna get this dyed back at 7 this morning. I'm like, dyeing your hair takes ages. I, I have gotten my hair colored at several times in the past. I used to just get foils. That shit took two hours. She's dyeing her whole hair. It would take a minimum of four. That's a day trip. Also, That's a day trip. Also from blue. So yeah. like whatever yeah, so it color it's going to be. dyed up to white and then, and then back down again. So it would take hours. Yeah. You can't schedule that the morning of your big meeting unless the meeting is somehow at three o'clock in the afternoon. You know, I'd like to believe That's that someplace favorite. in Manhattan, there's a hair salon studio that opens at 3.30 in the morning just for this sort of situation. <laughs> yeah, for the high-powered lawyers <laughs> in the world. Um, well, either way, she didn't do that. She didn't no. get her hair switch back so mm-hmm. in, instead she does something that's so thing. unhinged very from smart reality thing. no no obviously the she smart, takes, smart thing would be to so, just go in and be like my hairdresser made a mistake my hair is blue don't worry about it i'm still your high-powered lawyer what does she do instead ty 
She, okay, so she's wearing like a pretty traditional like business suit in general, like a skirt and a business suit. And where normally there would be a shirt underneath, uh, there instead is nothing. Um, she just has her bra and no shirt on whatsoever with an open suit jacket. Uh, and she takes her shirt and ties it around her hair as if to make a turban of some form. As if this is not infinitely more distracting in literally every right. way imaginable <laughs> and more of a problem in every way imaginable. And it's just like, I, she should have stayed home this morning. <laughs> like, I, this is, Howard, lawyer, Kate, Hudson, respected yeah. by everyone. <laughs> yeah, the, the girl boss that everyone respects and is like the icon of girl power in this movie does the most deranged thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, uh, I mean, this, yeah. she could have spun this to an opportunity because she's like, listen, I know my hair is not the greatest. I'm feeling kind of bad about that, but I can still do the law for you. But nope, no, she's she just coming totally unhinged. breaks down. Yeah, yeah she, she has a breakdown about uh, her wedding sucking and how her best friend hates her. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's your fault. Yeah, how did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah, she's, she and says yeah, like, this like in front of the group of all the clients and attorneys and everybody. Yeah, because they care. They care yeah. about your wedding, honey. Uh, so she's well, obviously yeah, like, taken off the case. Yeah, and they just asked her, because, yeah, she's, like, flailing around with this weird fake turban with her, again, like, most of her body on the front just exposed. And, like, no one says anything until she's, like, falling over trying to keep the turban in place. And then they're just like, your hair is blue? And she's like, my hair is blue! And, like, has a full <laughs> breakdown. Yeah. And, like, I, oh, this scene, it just makes sense in zero context. Yep. In zero context. Divorced from reality or even, like, ridiculousness. Yeah, like, it's not it's not attached enough to reality to be ridiculous because there is, like, no anchor point in reality for this scene. Yep. <sighs> and up next is probably one of the scenes that annoyed me the most. This scene's bad. She's crying in bed because of, like, how awful her life's being. She's taken off the case. Her wedding sucks. And, like, her boyfriend's there comforting her in the back and comforting me, like, poor you, poor you. And oh, she babe, cries. it's not your fault. And she cries. And it's like, no, boyfriend should just be like, this is your fault. Like, you've been an asshole and you need to, like, stop being an asshole. Like, this is the time when you tell her mm-hmm. that she needs to stop. She's ruining her life and everyone yeah. around her. She needs to stop. This is the, yeah, it's funny. This is the hard part of relationships. When they talk about a litmus test for marriage, like, this is, this this is, is it. it. <laughs> this yeah. is that. Letting it's your fiancé do this is actually... Pretty and bad. Then, yeah, having having to talk to your fiance about like, hey, you need to cool it. Like that's actually that's the hard that's part. A yeah. test. And it's funny too because yeah. these two scenes, there's a scene of her with uh, live with her boyfriend, and then Emma with hers later on. And it's like the, the exact opposite of what they should be doing in these situations. Yes. yes. And so yeah, like some of the lines are, she's like, "Girlfriends don't go for the hair." She says after she spray tanned Emma orange. Like yeah. Well, you can't. You can't do that, honey. You threw the first rock here. You fuck no. off. And like, it really is the boyfriend being so pansy. Like, yeah, I know, I know. Girlfriends don't do that, honey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's so exhausting having to try to be perfect all the time. And it's 
is trying so hard to make us think she's like not horrible, but she's so fucking horrible that you just want to pick her up and shake her and tell her this is all her fucking fault and she gets no sympathy here. Instead, boyfriend is like, oh, I, I don't think you should be perfect. I always wanted a human wife instead of a perfect robot. I mean, I'm sorry you got horrible heinous bitch instead, instead of your human wife, but... This Marry is like someone else. Yeah, this guy should have known better at this point. Like before, it was like you know maybe he's just you know doing what she wants just to make her happy. But this is where you need to step in, or your life is going to be nothing for the next fifty years. Dude, right. This is like the again the two boyfriends need to get together and be like, okay, I think our real wives have been taken by the fae. <laughs> Something is wrong. Yes. <laughs> My fiance See? and his husband and his friend are unionizing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so we cut over to, to the mirror scene. To the mirror scene, Emma and Chris Pratt, and she's almost not orange anymore. And she's been apparently repeatedly gloating about what she had at Liv's bachelorette party, where she stole the bachelorette party, which was a really shitty thing to do. And Chris Pratt is not fucking impressed by this. But you're, you're supposed to be because she's standing up for herself. You see, she's all confident now, but. At the same time, he's like, I've heard this story five times. Like, you can't, yeah. got to stop gloating you, about fucking you your friend over. You are awful. You got to stop gloating about how you ruined your best friend's bachelorette party. He's like, you've been awful. You've been mad and intense and excited. And you're like, I'm kind of wondering if this is how you're always going to be from now on. She's like, sometimes I'm going to be mad and intense and excited. And he's like, no, no, you're not being bitchy, but... You know what? Actually, yeah, you are kind of being really bitchy. He says yeah. that you're like right up to the line. It's and like, I'm not calling like you a bitch, but you're in that like neighborhood, or I think is what his line was. And that's right. apparently yeah. supposed to be a bad thing. But he's right. He's completely right. She's been yeah, horrible to super her best right. friend. She, and she's entirely done a 180 of personality, which yes. like, again, it's one of those things if, if it was like portrayed as Emma like coming to terms and like, you know, becoming a stronger person and all that. Sure, but that's not no. what it's filmed as. Like it, it's filmed and portrayed as a psychotic break. Yeah, yeah. and he's just supposed to be like, "Yum, I love that my fiance is going batshit." Right. <laughs> like, the, the fact is, he is watching her be horrible and awful to someone that she has known her entire life and she loves more than anyone years. else. Yeah. Yeah. How can he not be thinking, is she gonna do this to me one day? If right. I piss her off, is she going to like fucking lose her shit at me and start doing awful things to me? Like, how can you not think that? And he's just like mad about that. And she's like, oh, but my feelings are important. You haven't once asked me how I've been through this whole thing. And it's like, have you, you asked, asked him? Yeah, a single question about what he wants in this little fucking wedding. Like, a single thing. I don't even know what his job is. You don't even <laughs> talk about yeah, that. He's an accountant. But yeah, it's like, yeah. you have never said, oh, our right. lives yeah. antics. Because he was taxes earlier, yeah. It's like, you've never been yeah. like, how are you coping? Like, I know Liv's antics are like, you know, messing up things for you too. Are you okay? Not like, important. But like, also, like, how can he ever ask you how you are when you're constantly gloating about the stupid shit you're doing? Like, yeah. you're telling him how you are. She's <laughs> like, being a terrible person. He calls her out and she's angry about that. Yeah, That's she's like, you're, inva- you're invalidating my feelings. And he's like, I can't even talk to you right now. And he leaves, right? Like, yeah. right, like, pieces out. Uh- and then she takes a bath in lemonade, which is the funniest part. Yeah, this bath surface is completely covered in lemon slices. I can't even imagine how many lemons. There's like five or six lemons in there, easy. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. 
And like, I kind of want to do this. I want to see if like <laughs> hot water and lemons, like I could go for a little bit of lemon, lemon, lemon flavor. Yeah. Bit of exfoliation. Yeah, I probably yeah. smell great. Yeah, like it's like hot water too. Like you make a hot lemon tea and make soak sure you it don't in that. Have That's cuts, probably though. good. Yeah, no, oh yeah, that would not more sting. Put on extra cuts. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day we get some scenes of Emma and Liv trying to reconnect with each other, but oh no, misunderstandings are keeping our they, true couple apart. Finally realized that they are actually being awful human beings. Um, Emma's in the park and meets Liz's brother. He's back in the film. And they go off together to get his tuxedo and oh, we uh, skipped the scene. I didn't live did call. Didn't Liv yeah, call I, Emma's office? Emma, and like, Emma yes, called Liv's office. Yes, yeah, yeah. got the, the code word that's like, she doesn't want to speak to you. Yeah, it was like Yeah, because there's a the misunderstanding because the secretary yes. took the call and like there's yeah, loud yeah, yeah. noises or something. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, if she, if, it's, he, if she says he, she's dealing with a crisis, that means that she doesn't want to talk to you or it's whatever. It's the act to misunderstanding that keeps your couple apart. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very standard in a rom Um So yeah, uh, Liv's brother shows up out of nowhere again. Hi. Um, they're at the tuxedo place getting him a tuxedo and he asks her how she's doing, which boyfriend didn't do. Gasp, he's made for her. Click the stopwatch here. He has been in the film for about two minutes. Two minutes. Like, max. Literally. If if, if that. I was going to say, like, probably closer to 127. Yeah, it was the double wedding uh, suggestion from Chris Pratt and he was doing taxes and he didn't interact with her at all this is the first time he's interacted with Emma this whole film I was gonna say I think this might be like his second line of the film quite possibly yes yes Yes. Uh, yeah and he definitely hasn't talked to Emma once before this scene but we're not bringing this up for any reason or anything you know the normal thing to ask someone when you meet them is how are you doing (gasps) he loves her he loves her (gasps) Anyway, she absolves herself of all responsibility of how shitty her wedding's going by saying it was going horrible for no reason. It's just, it's awful and stressful. It's supposed to, it's a wedding. It's supposed to be wonderful planning. It's like, honey, you're spending the entire time having a war with your best friend. Of course it's not going well. What the fuck? Did- you're also working up this day to be the one, like, defining day of your life. You're psychotic yeah. uh-huh. in the first place for doing this. You, yeah, you, you have, again, once again, become a... Wedding is religion, person, yep. and it's terrifying. And the thing is, like, if again, it was like a dark satire where you're supposed to not like these kind of people, but the ending, which we'll get to, kind of yeah. ruins any bite that might have. Yeah, like if it was like a joke, like a you know a documentary about a dog show where everybody's a ridiculous <laughs> caricature, and you're just yeah. supposed to laugh. I've actually seen funny dog shows like that. They're fantastic. Yeah, They're exactly. Amazing. Right? Yeah, these <laughs> people, and like they could have done that. But like, you, you are actually supposed to like both Liv and Emma somehow, really. No. no. But you don't. But like the end is not possible. And they're not caricatures either. They're not like fun caricatures. They're just one-dimensional shit heels. They're just bad people. Anyway, in the same scene we have some not subtle romantic tension. She ties his bow tie, turns down a coffee date, and they compliment each other. And his is he says, I've always thought you would make a beautiful bride, which is absolutely something a man says to a woman. I, I gotta say, I can tie a tie myself to me, but there's no way I could tie a tie backwards. Right. There's no way I could tie a bow tie backwards. Right. So, like, how the fuck does she know how to do this? She's the wedding, uh, wedding religion. It's like <laughs> she's it's like how Boy Scouts learn like forty <laughs> knots. Wedding people learn like three. <laughs> the wedding scouts. All right. <laughs> could strip a bow tie backwards with a blindfold on. <laughs> 
Well, guys, we've made it. It's June 6th. We're at the wedding. The perfect Act three day. has begun. <laughs> and it, it is about the runtime of the movie now. Yep, perfect day Good. for two weddings at the plaza. Uh, so the wedding planner is doing both weddings at once, lives in her dress, wedding planner is like the most beautiful bride ever. There's a, scene of, there's a scene of the wedding planner like coming out of her taxi or whatever at the plaza and there's like a battalion of like assistant the wedding planners there and she's like, listen up people, we gotta do this perfect. And like, you've already fucked up so many fucking times and you're gonna continue yep. to fuck up for the rest of this movie about this Again, wedding. Again, like three months, there, there's just no way you could organize this shit in no. three months. Yep. Yeah, she literally has a legion and it is just like, yeah, why? Like, she's yelling at them like saying, the roses go over here, the violets go over there, you know? It's like, you should have printed out something. Like, hand out, like, information to your, like, workers about this. This character definitely got rewritten several times and just completely yes. lost in the sauce. Yes, absolutely. They, this wedding plan, she's writers. just not good. She's no. not good at her job. No. She's no, the she's, best. she's the best. She's the best one in New York. And Emma is also in her wedding dress. Um, it's an amazing dress, but it's nicer than, than the uh, Vera Wine one. It's her mother's dress. Uh, she finally stands up for herself and, and tells her awful maid of honor, shut the fuck up and, and do her job because she's she's being empowered by being blah, blah, huge bitch to her best friend. That's the tagline of the movie. That, that's yep. her empowerment. No, I, I think we can't go over this scene because the drunk wine best uh, yes. maid of honor, she's talking about like, listen, you know, there's a lot of pressure on ma and, uh, on, uh, on me as a maid Brides of honor. to look perfect yeah, look or, perfect or look the best they ever do She's on giving her wise sage wine mom advice. And yet like Emma or Liv turns around and she's like, no, fuck you. This is about me today. This is going to be all yeah, about me. Emma like is mean girls to her. It's supposed yeah. to be and her like, like, you know, taking control, but she's just mean. Because the idea is, it's supposed to be the maid of honor is being like snippy and being like, you look ugly. That dress sucks. It doesn't come like off as that, that though. But it, it comes off like, hey, really listen, doesn't you're come not off being... that way. It comes off as the, it comes off as the one time she's been nice the whole film. And this is when Emma snaps at her. Yeah. yeah it's like she's giving <laughs> yep. actual real, you know, truthful advice yeah. and she fucks up. It's, yeah. Yeah, but it's you're supposed to be like, yeah, she's like learned how to say no finally. But it's like, but one, how? Two, she also does it in the, the nastiest way you could possibly stand up for yourself. Not in a like, hey, thanks for the advice, but this is my day, you know, we're going to do it no, my way. No, she's mean spirited. She's mean. Oh, she's yeah. She's so mean. She's copying Liv, who's the meanest person in this movie. Uh, the, there's a genuinely funny moment where they're outside and the other friends are all telling each other what bits of which wedding they're going to. So they're like coordinating <laughs> where we when, which I'm is going kind to of this. Kind of going to this ceremony, but this reception because they got better drinks, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're friends. Yeah. Again, are not guys friends. At this wedding. Yeah, I love this because this is actually like a group of friends in this kind of situation. Yes. It's like going to a con and being like, "All right, well, I got this panel at this time, and there's a concert at this <laughs> other time." So, like, all right, yeah, let's bounce around a little bit. All right, I'll catch you then. But again, like, <laughs> yes. unlike a panel at a con, like these friends could have stepped in to alleviate yes, the situation. At any, time, at any point, at yeah. any point, they could have sat the two of them down and just gone, "Why don't you do a double wedding?" Like everybody you're killing wants each a other. double wedding. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, Emma's dad, who's the first, well, he, first did appear, he appeared very, very briefly in the opening watching the two girls uh, play Doesn't weddings. Count. Emma's dad's um, got a six head, by the way. Yes. It's and beyond the so forehead. <laughs> he, he goes in to see Liv, um, passes on a blessing from people who couldn't be here today. So, you know, dead parents, obviously yeah. friends. Uh, then 
Uh, I can't remember what the conversation is, but at some point, Liv's work assistant mentions tequila. One of the assistants brings out three flight bottles, like tiny bottles of liquor, and says, all right, the the wedding planner said you each can have one bottle each before we get going to loosen it up. All right, scotch. Yeah, to calm your nerves and like, you know, the, the groom's just like, yep, Scotch works for me. And then she goes, oh, tequila, tequila. Oh, God, I switched the DVDs. And then hands the DVD to her, another DVD to her assistant and says, switch one. this back. Yeah, the correct Like, DVD. go do the, yeah, to the correct one. And like, very clearly states, switch it back. I already did the bad thing. Yeah, yes. she wants and to then, correct her fuck up. Yeah, and then he walks out. And then, like, clearly he thought this was her doing another sabotage. It's really weird, yeah. throws it in the flowers and goes, you'll thank me later. Which, again, like, (laughs) it would have made sense if it wasn't for the fact that she was pretty explicit about it being switching back. It's either that or he was like, no, I actually do want to stir the pot (laughs) for my awful boss here. That's true. I I never thought about that. Honestly, I'm not sure which one it is. I think it is supposed to be the former i wish it was the latter but it's definitely supposed I mean, to be the former all right it was supposed to be the former but it is the latter it so is we the can latter, at yes. least yes. you know what congratulations to the assistant you've been promoted to favorite character in the movie <laughs> yeah. right above international <laughs> butter club pretty good Dale, yes <laughs> uh so um emma mom's emma's mom goes to see her and emma's like are you happy i'm wearing the, your dress and mom's like, you look beautiful, but I'm happy if you're happy, you know, whatever you want, it's your wedding. Turns out Emma projected the whole mom will be upset if I don't wear her dress thing. Oops. Oops. Wait, are you telling me Emma didn't communicate with someone about something? Yeah, I know, right? Wild. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I think this is Wild. where I ask my roommates, like, which is going to cost more, this wedding or the therapy afterwards? Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> Wedding. That wedding know. was expensive, man. That <laughs> wedding was money. Yeah, but we don't cover mental health in the United States, so... It's true, it's true, it's true. Um, so Emma's dad is now there, gives Emma their old wedding scrapbook box. It makes Emma sad about Liv. She wants to go talk to her, but, you know, wedding, wedding's got to go. Wedding's go, and has to go to the altar. Um, yeah, she gets, like, a hairpin or something that was shown, like, in the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, like, yeah, Chekhov's hairpin. Yeah, hair yeah. And, um... I mean, this is the bit that's really weird to me. They're both standing outside the doors for the plaza wedding. And I'm like, there's no way when you hire the plaza as your wedding venue that you end up having a wedding directly across Across the hall. Having a wedding, right? Like, that's not how venues work. You usually book, like, the whole area. Or it was... For what it's worth, I I have actually seen uh, in the state, like, again, I worked at Purdue University... Uh, one of the big areas we had had a north and south ballroom that were directly attached that just had like a huge sliding divider between them, more or less. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple times where we literally did oh, have Jesus. two different weddings and rooms Ooh. right next to each other. So Horrible. I can say Would firsthand that happens a what lot. Was the reception Would you have like to bride standing next to each other? For what it's worth. They they enter from other sides. Yeah, they enter so from opposite sides. Thought, right? We steer them to make sure that they're like they are next to each other. <laughs> no but one yeah, ends we up try and make sure. Wedding. I exactly. Yeah, we don't wedding like, crash like that. Uh, just go to the other one and just show up like you know people. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, 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 hey, I would do that. I would work one wedding, change into my <laughs> casual clothes, just go to the other wedding. Yeah. Yeah, why not? So, yeah, I was just thinking, like, there's no way that the plaza would have two brides standing, like, opposite to go into the aisles together. Like, and they're would... almost about to make up, but oh no, like, wedding starting. Right, is you this... can see they have a little shared look, but it is like they would be in, like, separate bits of the hotel or, like, yeah, like, 
away from each other so you wouldn't like mix. It's really weird. But you wouldn't have this moment then. Yeah, you wouldn't have the moment. Yeah, so they're like in this big like foyer before going to the opposite sides of the hall into the rooms where the the ceremonies are, and they just kind of like look at each other for a section. It's supposed to be this like touching thing, but I I was drawn to the fact that the director of photography was like jacking himself off here because like there's mirrors on either side and it looks really cool, and he thought it was cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Scoping out the plaza for my cool shot that's gonna win me an Oscar. Yeah, lately. <laughs> They just kind of stare sadly at each other and then go in. And Emma's dad asks her if she's happy and she doesn't answer. Uh, but are you ready to go in five? Because nobody checked. Nobody checked the CD to make sure it, pl- it played correctly, that it was the right frame. Right. That no one took a butter knife against the CD or anything. Right, that it ran. So like, they give you, give you an idea of like the entire hall's here and Emma's walking down the aisle. And above the aisle is this like weird projectionist screen where they're supposed to be putting a CD, like a DVD uh, projected up there. But instead it's like this weird thing of Emma like drunk as hell on tequila. And this is the thing that uh, Liv was trying like, to stop. Also, for the record, I've seen people do the retrospective thing for weddings mm-hmm. a lot where they'll have like a slideshow of yeah. like old photos and stuff. Yeah, like, sure. that's, a, that's pretty common. No one checked you it. Know, but you don't you don't do it when they're walking down <laughs> yes, the aisle. Down yeah. the that's aisle. not that's like a when you do it. Thing. Yeah. You, you do it during speeches. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Walking it's a down the aisle thing and, and people it would are be taking at photos a point and where, looking and shit. Yeah, and like if this happened, you know, at the beginning of a reception, you could play it off as a joke, you know, to some extent. But like, why would you do this when you're walking? Has anyone in this movie been to a wedding? (laughs) No. No. So yeah, and additionally, like that, the whole like her drunk on tequila thing plays for like a good two minutes. Like some people don't cut that. Like yeah, like ten seconds in, they would have just stopped that thing and like pulled out the DVD player, but. Yes, they would have yeah. just like they would have pulled up the projection yeah, screen. Like, they would have oh, just yanked it. You I guess we're going ahead things. without it. Like that's it. The end of that. That's so the, course, that's the one she, that's the video she wanted. Everyone's yeah. aghast, and Chris Pratt is not happy, which rightly so, because his wedding is getting ruined by her his fiance's best friend. Uh, Emma screams because this was a video that uh, Liv was never supposed to show anyone. Uh, breaks into Liv's wedding and fucking goes. Yeah, she like she, she screams and throws like the fucking roses down and everything. Why, if you know this DVD exists and you never want anyone to see it again, why didn't you just fucking break it? Right. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Like, why like, is why did your off, best friend have you leverage? To, you had to give it to your friend as check off CD. You know. True. Yes. I entrust this why to you I? instead of breaking it. <laughs> Here, this, now you have something to hold over me. Okay, now you can give me infinite gifts, I guess. Is this the exchange? The collateral, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, they scuffle, and also there's a moment where, like, I think the work assistant's like, should we stop them? And Liv's fiance's like, nah. Let them go. Let yeah, them fight. It, it shouldn't be said, this is not a scuffle. Uh, Emma breaks into Liv's wedding it, and tackles yes, her from full it's a tackle. run. It's a proper, like, brawl. It's a proper fight. Yeah, they fight. They start ripping Which each other's say, dresses up and shit. It, it's pretty hard to make me not laugh at someone in a wedding dress doing a tackle because that's just a funny visual, yeah, right? Yes. Like, that's not what you do in a wedding dress. They managed to make it, like, just upsetting to behold in this. Like, yeah. there was no comedy in like, this Emma's person being tackled. genuinely in, yeah. upset because her wedding is being fucking ruined by her best friend. Which, like, like, I guess good, yeah. 
good job by Anne Hathaway, but bad job to whatever director or producer told her to be genuinely angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the one scene you need like close-ups of them like freaking out and like, you know, punching each other or whatever. And it just doesn't do that. It just shows a bunch of reaction shots of the crowd being like, ooh. ooh. Anyway, so Liv's fiance continues being the most passive fucker in the world. Uh, but anyway, fight over. Emma's like, I can't can't do this anymore because, you know, her wedding we get us, fucking ruined. There's this silent scene of them both lying on the ground that's like just a close-up of their faces. But they're in a room with like 50 other people watching them here. Yeah. No and one this whole scene goes on for like another two minutes of them making no up. No comes to get help, but no, all's forgiven. It is Goku... It is Goku and Vegeta lying on the ground giving each other a thumbs up, but instead of being in the middle of an empty field, yeah. there's just a bunch of people watching. <laughs> <laughs> Let them work this out. So yeah, it's uh, all, all's, all's forgiven now. Does um, Dragon Ball have a wedding scene? Sorry. Uh, I don't think it does. Not that I know. No, I'm curious about Dragon that. Ball ends with Goku flying away with Chi-Chi, and then yeah. Dragon Ball Z starts, Z starts and they've the already field. had a child. Yeah. Where where's the interstitial between that? Like I want <laughs> Goku's wedding. <laughs> I mean they they've done parties before. The whole first Beerus movie is predicated upon yeah, a party. Sure. Yeah. But I'm it's just a birthday, about not how a much wedding. better Dragon Ball Z is than yeah. this movie. Yeah, I mean so so is a lot. This movie's bad. Anyway, Chris Pratt has entered the other uh, uh this room and you know, Emma gets up and goes up to him and Chris Pratt's like, uh, lives a bitch. She ruined our wedding. You really shouldn't see her anymore. You shouldn't see her anymore. And also, like, that video where you were awful kind of makes you think that maybe you're more like her than I thought. And all the stuff you've done in the last few months makes you think you're more like her than I thought. And I was like, good. I hope so. And I said, like, why? Wait, what? Lyft's the worst. She just ruined your wedding. Yeah. Chris Pratt is rightly angry here. Yes. And extremely angry. It's his wedding, too. No, yeah, it's and not. the movie makes it out as him being the bad guy. Yes. Yep. Yes, Emma's like, you're in love with the girl from 10 years ago, and she's not here anymore. She's being replaced it, by a bitch. Yeah, I'm by in a love with just girl idiot. From four months ago. <laughs> and, and, like, the thing is, he, Chris Pratt is so completely reasonable yes. and yes. normal in this that nice. he accidentally becomes the audience insert. Like yeah. he's the character I related to more than yeah. anyone in this movie of just like, yeah, no, that's how I'd react. Yeah. This is wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I never thought of like up. Chris Pratt, but you know, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, if your best friend took your wedding montage and put up an awful video, you told her never to show anyone ever like, that's stop talking to your friend for that's no contact zone like what why are you forgiving her for this she did nothing she didn't even say especially sorry especially when you know when you know your wedding people like wedding religion people yeah. like when you both know you're like that you you create you did the ultimate sin of your religion to the other person <laughs> and now you're just like yeah it's fine actually no no I don't want to fight anymore we're it's good we're gonna be friends with Kate Hudson it's weird too because like, I'm they all just for want different things like, I'm all for forgiveness and whatnot. And, like, if Liv and Emma did at the end of the day, like, sit down and be like, listen, we were fucking psychotic. We got to stop this shit. I'm real sorry. That's cool and everything. But that does not, like, resolve the fact that, like, Chris Pratt's entire, like, wedding was ruined for him. Like, he still what, has a not genuine, rightful anger. What had to happen was both guys ditched them. Yes. Well, like, if yes. you wanted to be this to be a dark comedy where it shows like being wedding people sucks, like and it ruins like everything, yeah. you had to have it ruin 
both weddings, but the film yep. deliberately goes, no, it's not because Liv ruined the wedding, it's because Chris Pratt doesn't like change, and he doesn't like Emma when she's all, like, horrible. Yeah, yeah the movie fingers Chris Pratt here when now. it's not his fault. No. And yeah. she ends and it she with him. And she tries to play this whole, like, you... Because they've been together for ten plus years, and he just, she just goes, "Oh, you're just still in love with a girl from ten years ago." And he goes, "Yeah, that's why I'm marrying you." <laughs> and then she goes, "Well, she's, she's not, not here, here anymore." To which, like, the reasonable response would be, "She was here before I proposed to you." What the fuck? Right? <laughs> like, Again, yeah. like it's this utter transformation, and like months, this yeah. this mania is supposed to be played as if it's. Fine. Empowering. It's fine. Yes, it's empowering. Oh, it's character yes. growth. Yes, it has empowered Emma, this mania over weddings. Whereas it really needed to not. It needed to yes. ruin both of their weddings. Yup. And it doesn't. Instead, like, Chris Pratt just kind of gives up. They hug and, and wedding off. Yep, they're not getting married now. They're not getting married. Good job, Liv. Worst Good best friend ever. Good waste $50,000. Yeah. Yep. You know, Liv says sorry in, like, the least apologetic way possible. Like, sorry, I tried to fix it. Um, no, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry it went ahead anyway. And but Emma's fine with it, and she's like... She's like, I'm sorry, too. And they forgive each other, even though, like, Emma's now not getting married. It's just this really awful line where it's like, if Fletcher and I were perfect for each other, we would have gotten married. It's like, no, you would have gotten married if, like, you and None your best had friend happened. hadn't been shit. Yeah, it's also funny, too, because this whole, like, scene of the confrontation between Emma and Chris Pratt, like, this was in front of 70, 80 people. Yes, all of this, everything in here. So, yeah, there's another aspect of just them all watching this, like, horrific breakdown occur. And everyone just being on on Emma's side instantly, Mm -hmm. which, again, feels just wild and outlandish. I'm surprised no one threw a tomato at Chris Pratt as he walked out the door. He's clearly supposed to be the bad guy. Boo this man. (laughs) <laughs> but like what should have happened is her being a bridezilla caused the marriage the wedding to fail and oh, yeah. like i forgot that there was a reaction shot of emma's parents here they would be freaking the fuck out yeah. yes <laughs> yeah and like again if this was a dark comedy for it to work and be proper as you said both weddings would need to fail both of the ladies would need to be kind of miserable at the end and then maybe like bringing it together because yeah they ruined their fucking lives I, by doing this. I mean they basically the end of funny people yes. is what should have yeah. happened it should, here yes it should have been a, a, a fist fight and then yeah like the men walked off and uh, Kate Hudson and uh, Anne Hathaway were miserable yep. both men come out they marry each other it would have been way yeah. funnier that way Way funnier. But like, instead, you can tell that this was the the major part of the movie where like the rom com like overseers were like, no, happy ending. You have to have a sickly sweet moral. You have to have a happy ending for at least one of them. You cannot cannot go wrong. So instead, like, lives like be my maid of honor again. And was like, where where else would I be? And so uh, Liv gets married. Yeah, they restart Liv's wedding and she gets married. Yeah, Liv gets married. I'm wondering Uh, if this had like a test filming, like a test preview, and they just tested real terrible. And they had to change it. I believe that. It feels like that. And and they thought maybe the end, like maybe it was one of those things where it was terrible and the things people highlighted due to recency bias were related to the ending. So they like took that instead of, instead of understanding the whole movie was bad and it's just, (laughs) that's what still stuck with them. They took it as, Oh, we just need to change the ending ending and then it's good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we do learn that the friend from the start of the film uh, got divorced uh, within three months, but it's okay. Her next wedding will be at the plaza. Hmm. Wow. Wow, wow. Great culmination of that one. Wild. Uh, Emma's now dancing with the brothers, so again, you can see where that's oh, going. Oh, is this at the reception? This is where yes. the uh, assistant for Liz uh, just yes. has a woman uh, basically assault him on the dance yeah. floor. Yeah. He's like looking at the cake and she's like, are you single? And then just tackles him. Yeah. And you're not gay? No. Yeah, tackle him. That's really weird. And then there's like Candice, uh, the, the wedding planner lady, comes back in again and it's like... Sometimes in life there are bonds that can never be broken. Sometimes that's a spouse. Uh, there's one person that will stand by you no matter what. And sometimes it's like your best friend has been with you the whole time. And I'm like, uh, Candace, they've spent the entire film being nasty, horrible bitches to each other. You cannot just come in and be like, actually the one person you can count on for a lifetime is best your friends. best friend who ruined your wedding. Yeah. Um, here's my first question. Uh, do yeah. we skip over the whole fact that uh, Emma was dancing with Liv's brother here? I, I, I mentioned that earlier. Oh, okay. yeah, she's dancing with the brother, yeah. yeah. I, I just yeah, gotta say, for the sake a... of the viewer, they danced. They danced. They danced. Just putting that out there. And that's it. That is... They went that tuxedo is shopping. third interaction total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, my questions were basically at the end. Um, what did Liv learn and how did she change <laughs> between the beginning and end of the movie? Nothing and nothing. Nothing and nothing. Wow. But she got everything she wanted. Okay, let's mention the epilogue though because this is this is one year later. They're meeting up. Yeah. Emma yeah, we gotta is go now through married. This. Emma's now married to Liv's brother and she likes, oh, you're back from the honeymoon and all that sort of thing. Uh, Liv suggests a toast, but Hold on, before we even continue, them, she married the brother. Yeah, she married, she married brother. her best friend's within, brother. Within a year. Within a camera, year. Off within camera. a year of ditching uh, Chris Pratt, yes. Within a year within of a year. standing her fiancé up at the altar, more The brother yeah. Yeah. we've tried to th- express through this podcast form has been on screen for maybe three <laughs> minutes. Yes. Oh, at most. At most. Uh, but yeah, Liv's like, let's have a toast, but oh, I'm not drinking. And I was like, oh, I'm not drinking either because it turns out they're both preggers. And also, their due date is March 3rd. So I went and took the calculator out. Uh, that puts their conception date June 5th to June 12th. So they both fucked bareback on Liv's wedding anniversary. Yeah, so what we're supposed to believe here is that Emma was uh, shotgun wedding at yes. this point. Yeah. Fantastic. Also, the year like doesn't make sense because they're, if they're if it's June, a year if it's, a, it's a year and change. But you're gonna you're yeah. just gonna have to assume it's a year and change. But yes, they both got pregnant on Liv's wedding well, anniversary, yeah. which is weird. Which is weird. I mean, it's fine for Liv, and but it's weird for Emma. That's, yeah. that's weird. It's, it's weird knowledge it's knowing such that. Such fast turnaround too. Like a year to go from walking away from the altar to marrying someone you have exchanged. Maybe three sentences with in the film, it like, like it's assumed that they knew each other because you know their yeah, best friend I, brother, I, you know. But but there's but no again, romance the in this. But it never shows it. Yeah, yeah. This is what I was wondering. Is like a lot of this film, like there's a good twenty minutes of this film that's like be real montage bullshit. They could have used yep. that time to flesh out this brother character. The entire dance scene, because the most we've ever seen of him was him buying the tux, and that scene was yes. maybe four or five minutes. It wasn't even that. It it was such a short time, and it was and like. Oh, she tied his bow tie. 
And then he, she said he was handsome, and he said she was beautiful, and oh, well, I guess that means they're true, true love. And he it really... does the most basic things, yeah, like yeah. The, just the most basic niceties. How, how are yeah. you doing? And like you think back, and it's like this relationship that is apparently like one of the key leads romantic relationships in a romantic comedy is so ridiculously underdeveloped. Like, where did all the time go that they could have been doing that? Because you then think back on the movie and nothing has happened. It went to them sending chocolates to each other to get fat and being spray tanned badly. Oh, yeah, they, there's no resolution to the dress thing, which is a point about the Vera Wang. She's like, I gained five pounds, I can't fit in the dress. But she just, she is just in the dress at the at the yeah. end of the movie. Don't even so, have a throwaway line. Uh, there's no line about, oh, we we did actually alter the unalterable Vera Wang, which would make that Did she alter? Did she go on a satirical. diet or sweat it out? Did she become who bulimic? Knows? Like, who knows? It's fucking... It doesn't did... matter. It was just a prank, bro. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> This, this film was just such a, oh God, such a waste. And yeah, it. Oh, yeah. It should be noted that after they tell each other that they're pregnant, oh, that's the end of the film. There's that's nothing the else. That's where the, the film ends there. Yeah. Um, which, uh, this is a little TMI, but also them, to have the exact same due date, they also have to have their period start on the exact same day, which is a bit too, uh, in, in tune with each other. I have to say, like, you could have around, a double you know. wedding, but your time in a month is perfectly aligned with each other. Because that's how doctors calculate due dates. They use your period. Like, yeah. I'm just saying you couldn't have a double wedding. I'm gonna wonder, like, Look, what did Emma's parents think after all of this? Because they showed up for one scene. Presumably, they paid for the wedding because, like, she's not making on uh, a teacher's salary. She's she, not able to afford this. She said she scrimped and saved on her teacher's salary for That's, ten years. For no, this wedding. the fucking Poor parents shit. did it, and so <laughs> they're gonna be really pissed about all this because, like, her and her, you know, my daughter and her friend, they got back together, which is good and all. But I spent fifty thousand dollars on this wedding. I mean, this is. This is when you do go to live and say, uh, hey, it's time for you to be a lawyer and sue the shit out of this wedding True. plan. Yes, that wedding <laughs> yeah. planner time needs to, to be yes. sued. Delete. Yes. Yeah, time to nuke this wedding planner from orbit. A, a <laughs> better version of this movie does have the rabbit season, duck season turn into wedding planner season. Yeah. <laughs> Like that that would actually be she could have how this sued, movie could have gone. She could have sued the wedding planner at various points during this because the wedding planner's so also, incompetent. Then at least having two younger ladies get really mad and physically attack like an older lady who's like, calm down everyone. Like that can be funny. Yeah. That can be done as there a There are shades of a, of like an actual funny movie in this, and instead we got Bride Wars. I still gotta say, uh this movie's still better than the other two. Yes. I mean, yes. That's what we've seen so far easily. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it was a wild ride. It was a terrible wild ride, but it was a wild ride, and it was really short, and it, it's, it was it was snappy. You know, it just it, it moved fast enough that you were never like, if you actually wanted to enjoy the movie, you weren't going to enjoy it. But like, because it moved too fast. But for someone watching it as a bad movie, it's like, yeah, nothing, no, no nothing here lingers long enough that it annoys me. It was very. It was very easy to just unwrinkle my brain and yes. let this just roll across the surface <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> and right occasionally in. snap to reality and get mad and then be like, whatever. So yeah, we go just back and, and just enter on. Chris Pratt mode. 
<laughs> so at exactly. this point, I have to bring up the fact that uh, we, we've made many allusions to the fact that this feels like a Hallmark or ABC Family movie. It should be brought up that this film premiered um, in January 2009, uh, obviously yep. for the you know uh, February month of you know the Valentine's January Day. movie dump. Yes, yeah, yeah. it came out in January. Yeah, but this film's screenplay was finished right before the 2007-2008 writer strike. So yep. my pet theory on this is that this film was made with the assumption that it would go to someplace like Hallmark or ABC Family. But because of the lack of good screenplays during the writer strike, it somehow punched itself up to Fox and Regency and got the budget, you know, to have the stars that it did, like Chris Pratt and we Hathaway. We need something. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they were scrambling for complete scripts. Yeah, because so. this film feels like it should be budget fucking shit on, you know, cable television. And somehow yes. had, you know, the money to pull off a Manhattan venue with three good this, name actors. Yeah, this film feels like it would be a two-hour block on television with 45 minutes of commercials. Exactly. Like, that is what yeah. this feels like to 100%. Me. Uh, and it just isn't that. And it's got a way, it's got too much of a budget and at the same time not enough. Like, this movie manages to just fail in all directions, honestly. It, it, has, it is a land of contrast, yes. <laughs> It has too much. I mean, like the, they had three big name actors in this, and that makes sense. And they had a good, Manhattan does, is not cheap. The film, in, oh yeah, by any means. Yeah, but like again, like the editing and uh, it's not so much the, the screenplay of it is just that there's so much filler of just shit that could have been cut for more plot development, more character development, and it just fails on that front because like I do not give a shit about these people dyeing their hair fucking stupid colors or whatever. Give me more information about why I should feel bad about these characters. Yep. Yeah, the, the problem is they put in filler when they didn't finish even the, the basic premises. You they had 90 up. minutes of movie and you decided to spend a lot of it on Chris Pratt doing the worm. It, it's <laughs> funny, too, because my, my roommates were talking about this. There's an A plot. There's no B or C plot at all. No. no. There's no other plots no. in this movie. No. It's just them and the wedding. That's it. It's just the bride war. It's one plot, and it doesn't get fleshed out in even close to a satisfying way. No. It's it's wild to me that there are two couples, and yet, like, you know really nothing about their relationship other than, like, Liv is uh, just the most controlling person in the world. And she has a fiancé is a Yeah, her fiancé is a doormat. (laughs) And believe me, I've seen that relationship play out in real life. It sucks, It always works. (laughs) The nookie's great. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. They should have had at least one scene of the two couples together, like just over beers or something, just to establish like a relationship between the characters. Because like we kind of know that the two um, the two uh, boyfriends are fine with each each other. other. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's never explicitly stated. They never interact. The boys are barely in the movie because it's a wedding movie. Men men don't belong in wedding movies. Men would never plan a wedding. Daniel's name is Steve Howie. Steve Steve we've we've been talking about how he's the only person we like and then so much I just wanted to don't worry he's not in big movies he then after this went on to be in something borrowed which uh, you Mm. may imagine is also a wedding movie sounds like a wedding movie Uh, and then uh, the well earlier was in the 2006 dead or alive uh, I've seen that wow that was not good um 
And then in the same year as Bride Wars, allegedly was the main star of the film Stan Helsing. Not Van Helsing, Stan Helsing, which no was a spoof. No wonder I don't know who he is. <laughs> I almost spit my whiskey what you, out. What do you mean? You don't know Stan Helsing? <laughs> Ty, can we do a fifth movie for the end of this? <laughs> no. Tonight. Tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, Chris Pratt has marginally more presence in the movie than than Steve Howie because he at least sort <laughs> of he has a better stands agent. up. He, yeah, he stands up a little bit for like against the bullshit. Not enough, frankly, but like Steve just is nothing. Steve is a prop. He is. Yeah. He's like he on the level of Aubrey Plaza. It's supposed to be the perfect relationship, but it's like it's not. It's it's, and it's not even like they're trying to make that. Oh, this is what people think is a perfect relationship, but isn't. No, it actually is the perfect relationship. Well, it, also, it does... you can tell the one that gets married in the movie is the executive producer, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it, that makes so much sense too because there's so many parts in this movie that don't make sense specifically because no one is getting mad at Kate Hudson. Yes. yes. And like, it, it, yeah, in retrospect, it's like, I wonder if like the script did have people getting mad at her and like oh those God, were Chris revisions Pratt. done through not a writer's guild. Yeah. Chris Pratt is the only one who gets mad at her and he's the one that's supposed to be the bad guy. to the curb, yes. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That there you go. You're not. You're supposed to think Kate Hudson is the most wonderful person. She's just wacky. She's your uh, so, manic pixie dream girl. Okay, Kuvo. Huh? I'm gonna take your. It was a bad script. One further. There's another direction it could be, which is either it was a good script, and uh, then with no oversight and no writers guild to tell her to fuck off when Kate Hudson kept asking for changes a bunch of yes men who weren't at, good at writing like you know that's did, feasible, the, yeah. did the work and made I the could changes believe that, and stuff yes. yeah and so like there's just a bunch of incompetent people cuz you know like a good writers guild will also know when the writers need to yeah. tell them like every hey, writer needs no. an editor to say no i mean look at fucking yeah, george exactly. lucas yep yeah so like maybe it was a case of there was it became a vanity project and also you know, had no professionals on the writing had team. Had absolutely after. no pushback. I do believe a bunch yeah. of the women. It was their first job, and they thank Kate Hudson for giving them the chance to write the screenplay. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I still want to see the film where both of the boyfriends fuck off at about the forty-five minute mark. How did we get hit by two vanity films? <laughs> it's pretty impressive, yeah. Because like sort of funny like people one. blatantly is like funny people is like three different comedians just jerking off for yep. two and a half hours. But like I didn't expect Pride Wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. This film was at least kind of entertainingly bad. I feel like Funny People was d- d- horrible. I mean, despair, uh, despair and juicing. Uh, like, like I said, like <laughs> of the three of them, I hated this one the least. So yes. yeah, I, I, mean, I think Ready I, I think Player there One is very was little, a spectacle. Ready, yeah, ready, th- there's very little worse than bad comedy yeah. that's being forced yeah. upon you. Yeah, and it, it's like the thing is, this movie Bride Wars would theoretically be bad comedy if any part of it registered as comedy. <laughs> Funny people, it, it goes on the other hand of like trying to identify as yep. comedy as hard as it can while yep. not being funny, and it's so it hurts. It is like a mental and spiritual strain. It oh yeah, blows. like like you said, like uh, this film, like I can just like un- unwrinkle my brain and it would just be smooth and 
splashes over and it's gone. <laughs> and like yep. Ready Player One was god awful, but like at least it had explosions and shit for me to look at every once in a while. It, it was Spielberg, you know, he knows how to make a blockbuster. Yeah, Funny know. People still is by far the worst of the three oh. so far. It's just, mm, I don't know. Like yeah. our, our last film may strain us because. I, you you fucking yeah, pulled the audible on this one, that. and I don't know if I like it. Because <laughs> hi, hi everybody, I was originally gonna do Pixels for my movie because Pixels is quite poor, and uh, I don't like but it. But Ready very Player much, One did everything Pixels did, but joke. better. Yeah, yeah, it, and it funny was hard people did beat. everything Pixels did, but worse. <laughs> yeah, like. I, I like legitimately don't. I was like, you know what? I just don't think there's gonna be any goofs about pixels because of how agonizing Ready Player One was. Mm. I think it like took all the comedy reference juice out of my blood. But then I thought back to a film I saw in theaters. Personally, it was myself and my best friend Ben, and it was the first time our parents decided we could just go chill in a movie theater and watch a movie without you know needing parental supervision. And uh, we were super excited. It was a great time. We were going to watch a comedy movie, just chill, have a good time, and be allowed a little bit more freedom in the open world. And uh, we saw Dumb and Dumber-er, which is, uh, to this day, I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember it being a film that was so bad that all 12 people in the theater uh, started a en masse food fight and uh, the staff <laughs> didn't even try to stop us. <laughs> so, like, that's most of what I remember from the film is... Getting milk duds thrown at me. So, so imagine like a fifteen-year-old, like a comedy that a fifteen-year-old wouldn't like. Here's oh god! Dire. Yeah, when did wait? Actually, when did it come out? I, I should check. Dumb that is dumber. a good question. Uh, Two thousand three. So I was thirteen. Ooh. Imagine oh. not getting a thirteen-year-old who's into comedy and probably gross-out comedy because I was a thirteen-year-old yeah. kid. Uh, even, even I was like, this is beneath me. <laughs> so here's my dilemma here. I, I saw Dumb and Dumber. I must've been like 12 or 13. I was thinking about this the other day, which, uh, Dumb and Dumber came out in what, like 2000 or sorry, 93, 94, something like that. Well, let me look this up. Uh, I, I have not seen Dumb and Dumber. What I'm trying to say is I've not seen that movie for like two decades. And like, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. should I rewatch the original to understand the sequel? <laughs> To get the lore. Oh, no. I think it would be good. I think it would give you good perspective. But then i got to watch Dumb and Dumber, and I don't remember liking that movie at all. Also, I feel like you owe me one, because Dumb and Dumber is only like an hour and 25 minutes. It It is is as agonizing as it will be. It's going to be a speed run. Yeah, this thing is going to be like any percent. Dumb and Dumber is going to be in one ear, out the other, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) 94. Yeah, that makes sense. Dumb and Dumber. I think Dumb and Dumber might be like this one, but with fewer weddings. Also, probably more offensive to like literally everyone with any kind of social sensibilities. Yeah, I have a feeling is, this is one's going to be. Is it the man version of Bride Wars? <laughs> okay, so I gotta say, Dumb two and Dumber. Two dumb dudes instead of two dumb women. Dumb and Dumber has an IMDb rating of seven point three, which is way higher than I thought it would have been. Dumb and Dumberer, the sequel, has a three point four on IMDb. Yeah. <sighs> What does Bride Wars have for comparison? Oh, that's a good I know question. Bride Wars has an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes for critics. Bride Wars is a 5-5. Five five. <laughs> wow. This is IMDb. How? This is not Rotten Tomatoes. How? But then again, neither of them are really the voice of reason in any of this. No, so. I mean, I mean, what? yeah. Rotten One Tomatoes love funny people. Give it a fresh rating. 
It was funny people on IMDb. Really? They got a fresh rate? That's above 70, right? Okay. Above 60. Okay. Yeah, it was funny people got 63. I am on Rotten Tomatoes for the final word on Bride Wars got from critics overall an 11% and an audience score of 51%. What? Not bad. Generally, that's the other way around. Generally, the critics like shit that the audience doesn't. Hates, yeah. But either way, 11%, you know, is the that's the critic. That's the professional lens. Uh, Dumb and Dumber slips right under with a 10% from critics. (laughs) And a 23% from the audience. Okay, so I guess the question is, like, is funny people or Dumb and Dumber going to be the worst? Because, like, I guess we're going to find out. How does funny people have a 6.3? This movie is rated lower than Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. I could not overstate. Oh, my God. Yeah, the... I guess put in your well, predictions look, now, because like I don't know if anything could be funny people for unfunniness, but thinking I guess about we're, we're about to test it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. I've got an hour and twenty minutes of pure anger in my blood, ready to go. So I guess till next time, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. I hope you've enjoyed the, the first three films so far. We're gonna uh, die. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Uh, space anime, I guess. Comet anime. Ugh. <laughs>